I I tried to bike to work yesterday morning using my wife's bike, and there <laughs> were no air in the tires. Dude, I yeah, none, none. It was the the shocks on this thing. Every time I I would put my weight on it to try to start pumping, it was like a pogo stick. <laughs> well, and because the, there's the no air on, it. not high enough. So I had to pick him up because the. You know, he and my was, chain popped. He popped the chicks. He was like, put all his in. weight on it. Then on the way home, it wasn't free from incident. I'm coming down Green Tree Hill past Panera. It's a steep That's hill. Steep hill, yeah. And all of a sudden, I lose the handlebars. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, it did was an absolute disaster. Or what? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Through 11. It is 70 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. Pennsylvania's Attorney General is responding to a letter written by Pope Francis following the release of that bombshell report on sex abuse in six Catholic dioceses in Pennsylvania. The Pope says the grand jury's finding that hundreds of clergy sexually assaulted more than 1,000 children proves that they didn't care enough about the kids who were abandoned by the church. Yesterday, Josh Shapiro called the Pope's letter powerful, saying he hopes it prompts church leaders in the state to stop their denials and deflections. And the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh defending itself against several decisions to cut off paying for counseling for the victims of sexual assault by priests. Michael Unglo reportedly was assaulted by his priest, then took his own life in 2010 after being told the diocese would limit coverage to three years or 90 sessions. A spokesperson for the diocese told Channel 11 when the cost for treatment reaches a million dollars, he questions whether the victim is getting the right treatment or if they still need it. The CDC says the national rate of women addicted to opioids while pregnant quadrupled from 1999 to 2014. The rate of women being diagnosed with opioid use disorder while in the hospital giving birth jumped 333% during that time. The diagnoses were the lowest in California, the highest in West Virginia, Vermont, Maine, and New Mexico. Opioid use during pregnancy can lead to preterm later labor, stillbirth, and sometimes death of the mother. More money, more cheating. According to researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, rich people are more likely to cheat than those who aren't. Studies showed being wealthy makes people feel like they're above the law and that attitude uh, that attitude leads to rich people treating others like they don't exist. Research also showed the rich cheat more on their taxes, cheat more on their romantic partners, and even cheat more at games of chance. Just really become a dirtbag a little bit. Sounds that way, yeah. yeah. What hinders your productivity at work the most? According to a survey monkey poll. Cheating. It- <laughs> what? No. Chatty coworkers. 45% of respondents said distractions from coworkers keep them from getting more work uh, done. And you can blame open floor plans, which some um, 70% of American companies have adopted. Uh, they say that's the reason for a lot of that. There really is few things worse than somebody talking to you that you don't want to talk to. Right. And it's not even necessarily you don't want to talk to them. It's just you have stuff you need to get done. And it's like, cut this off. Right. Like, can, can, you, can you take a hint? <laughs> like, you do that wrap-up. All right. Yeah, well, I've got to get back to this report. Oh, that reminds me about reports. <laughs> no, sh- shut up. Leave me alone.
What if you could have like a retractable roof over your cubicle? Just your desk. That might help. On June 4th of last year, the day after Greg Allman was laid to rest in Rose Hill Cemetery in Macon, Georgia, his manager talked of plans to renovate the plot. His grave is in a cluster with his brother Dwayne Allman's and bassist Barry Oakley's. Their mother's ashes were to be buried between them, and a memorial wall would be built to house the ashes of bandmate Butch Trucks. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm not getting choked up. Okay, I thought you were getting very emotional. <laughs> no. Uh, work is finally underway and should be done next month. Macon Bibb County Parks and Beautification Director Sam Kitchen said, It is the family's design in a private plot, and it's all funded by the Almonds. Dwayne was buried there in 1971 after being killed in a motorcycle accident. Oakley died a year later, also in a motorcycle crash in uh, almost the exact same spot. I think you're getting emotional again. I don't know. Is anybody else's allergies kicking up? No, I don't. I talked ha- to one of. I talked no. to somebody else here. I didn't mean to see back you. I I just um, I don't have allergies, which is a weird thing, because a lot of people have allergies. I never had allergies until the last few years. In the last two days, I've been all congested and really. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to the almonds. Uh, Mama Almond passed away in 2015. Rose Hill also houses the grave of Elizabeth Reed, whose name was given to the classic song written by Dickie Betts. He and drummer J-Mo are the only surviving members of the original lineup. Now you're giving it to me. (laughs) Maybe we have a nut allergy. We're uh, allergic to almonds. Maybe. Wait, it's not Uh, almonds. Almonds. Uh, Ronnie James Dio's estate auction set to include a fitting 666 items from the iconic heavy metal frontman scheduled for September 14th and 15th in New York. The Julian's auction event will feature a collection of stage wardrobe, artwork, guitars and other items associated with the former Rainbow Dio and Black Sabbath singer. A complete list of items set to be sold at auction is available on Julian's auctions website. Ronnie James Dio died May 16th, 2010, of stomach cancer. And finally, police in L.A. want more information about sexual misconduct allegations against actress Asia Argento. A New York Times report claimed Argento had sex with a child actor when he was 17 and she was 37. L.A. County Sheriff's Department investigators are reaching out to the reported victim in hopes of documenting any potential criminal allegations. Argento reportedly paid the now 22-year-old $380,000. That incident reportedly happened at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina del Rey in 2013. Forecast today, expect some showers and thunderstorms that could be severe at times with flooding possible upper 70s for the high. It's 70 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Bill Crawford with me. Uh, Randy making his way in this morning. And Mike Pursuit has got sports at the bottom of the hour. T-Robe joins us at 645 this morning. We got Steve Monteleone and David Allen. uh, Steve from the It's About the Warrior Foundation. Uh, They'll join us to talk about some events they have going on. And Billy Gardell, he was with us yesterday because he was in Mm -hmm. town over the weekend for a corporate gig but uh he is uh in florida now uh hanging out with his dad so billy gonna join us at nine o'clock this morning it's the dve morning show oh. remember, remember we had the james bond debate that was the best oh on yeah the air. oh yeah he's All probably right. talking back he's right texting he's your... yelling at the radio he's yelling at the computer which <laughs> he thinks is the radio yeah. right now <laughs> connery connery yeah and i said me and my son have decided daniel craig so all right well, hopefully one day you'll be able to be Bond. Yeah, that's it. About 190 pounds and I'll be Bond. 
I always would have liked to have been the guy. Barry Bond. I, you know, yeah. Thunderbush, <laughs> that giant head. I got a new... I, I always wanted to be the bull, the, the uh, weapons guy. That would have been oh, a Q, Q. To be Q. And I'll tell you who I love the most as Q, to be honest, is John Cleese. Remember Cleese for, sure. did it for Pierce Bronson? Yeah. Cleese was Q. Yeah. Oh, 007. Cleese is <laughs> the best. I always liked him. So. Well, maybe you and Joey O'Connell can. Me and O'Connell. Bond and Q. Hey, Bill. I got a watch here that'll cut through a fence. It's got a laser in it. This looks like a travel tressing, mate. Look, it ain't, it, look, it's, it's a, a steeler watch, and when the ball hits two, that's, <laughs> that means it's going to blow up. This watch will cut through a fence. We can go swimming at Sandcastle after it closes. You know what we should do? You know how we did, we did the Pittsburgh Theater like we did the, the Yinzer Mall. All James Bond. We should do me and O'Connell as Bond and Q. Double O, my God. <laughs> What's your name? Bond. Wussy Galore. Jimmy Bond. <laughs> I know your brother. Yeah. <laughs> the Greenfield Bonds. Oh, yeah. I know your aunt. <laughs> they never get done at committing any crimes. They just talk about all the people they had no in common. Big Jim's. <laughs> Can we get you a drink? <laughs> yeah, I'll take an imp and an iron. Don't shake that. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. The Pirates allowed just one run for the fifth consecutive game last night when they hosted the Braves at PNC Park. Unfortunately, the Pirates lost one to nothing for the third time in that five-game stretch. No run support. And if you think this is historic, you would be correct. According to MLB.com, the Pirates are the seventh team since 1908 to allow just one run in five consecutive games. They are the second team since 1908 to lose three or more games in that stretch of allowing just one run. Oh, they're making history. In five consecutive games. And they almost scored last night. Seventh inning, two outs, and uh, Adani Echeverry at second base. Corey Dickerson singles to center. Echeverry tries to score, but center fielder Ender Inciarte, a perfect throw and a bang-bang play at the plate. The call was out. There was a review. The call remained out. I couldn't tell you if he was safer out, to be honest with you. It was that close. But the original call was out, and clearly there was no preponderance of evidence to overturn it. Uh, that's as close as the Pirates came. Maybe a fingernail away from tying it at one. But uh, Nothing to be ashamed of getting thrown out the plate. Now getting thrown out at first base. <laughs> I'd be ashamed of that. Yeah, that happened to uh, rookie pitcher Bryce Wilson of Atlanta. He singled to right or thought he had, but Gregory Polanco <laughs> threw him out. Uh, the bigger development was that Wilson uh, went five innings, allowed three hits, no runs, walked three, and struck out five. It was his major league that's a, debut. That's a nice debut for the kid. He's 20 years old, and he's 1-0. and And, uh, oh, by the way, he was brought up by the Braves to give their starting pitching staff an extra day's rest. The Braves are first place in the NL East. They're trying to hold off the Phillies. They are uh, also in contention for a wild card if they can't win the NL East. They did what the Pirates did in San Francisco back on August the 10th. I wonder if everybody in Atlanta went berserk. 
up in arms when they made a calculated move to try to give some rest to the guys they're going to be depending on more than any others the rest of the way. Probably. I bet they didn't. You don't think they did? No. Are you saying that our fans are dumber than most? Well, and uh, some of the media didn't have any perspective on it either. (laughs) Are you saying our media is dumber than most? Bucks and Braves again tonight at PNC Park, Bill. I'd like to get a run. What do you think? I mean, nothing crazy. I'm not talking 10 runs. It's like three or four. The remarkable part about this is the two teams combined for 17 hits last night. It's not as if there weren't chance after chance for both sides to score. They just couldn't do it. Atlanta went one for 13 with runners in scoring position. Uh, Pittsburgh one for eight, the one being the Dickerson hit to center that well, it was a hit with a runner in scoring position, but right. it didn't drive a run in. <laughs> and uh, another disappointing start for Chris Archer, his fourth with the Pirates last just four innings. He allowed five hits, one run. It was earned, a walk, and three strikeouts, but he hurt himself swinging <laughs> at the plate. Left leg discomfort knocked him from the game. He, uh, he ripped off one of those swings like you used to do in Little League when you thought, I'm just going to swing as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. And maybe I'll hit it and it'll go a long way. And he ended up screwing himself into the ground, and then he was out of the game. I wonder what uh, Greg Brown thought about that with the uh, DA. Oh, my! Isn't this remarkable? <laughs> National League ball's great. The pitchers <laughs> hurt themselves because they don't know how to bat. Pirates fall to 63-63. and 63. He looked like me at the cages. Like the, When I get in there and there's a big group and maybe I had a couple yeah. pops, so I'm going to show everybody the long ball. And- That's what... It, it's not the way you do it. What are you doing? Uh, nine and a half out in the division, six out in the wild card. But, I mean, the, look look at the bullpen. I mean, if you go four and then still only allow one run, I mean, that's a hell of an yeah, effort. Yeah, they just got to find some offense. You got to get at least one to win. Pirates are learning that lesson the hard way. Another one against the Braves tonight. Kevin Gosman for Atlanta, 7-9 with a 4.22 ERA. He'll be opposed by Ivan Nova, 7-7. Seven and seven. 4.26. College football, the first AP Top 25 poll of the season released yesterday. Penn State checks in at number 10 and West Virginia at number 17. Alabama tops the preseason ranking. It's the third straight year that the Crimson Tide are number one in the preseason. That hasn't been done since Oklahoma from 1985 through 1987. Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Ohio State round out the top five, followed by Wisconsin followed by Washington, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn, and Penn State. Penn State opens its season on September the 1st by hosting Appalachian State. (laughs) Pitt will host Albany on September the 1st, and West Virginia is at Tennessee. No uh, Steelers uh, news to report. Uh, They were off yesterday, but I wanted to revisit the couple I introduced you to yesterday Whitney and Michelle White. Uh, Whitney, a former Clearfield native, now living in North Carolina. He and his wife go to every game, home and road, preseason, incredible, regular season, postseason, whatever. If there's a Steeler game, they go. Uh, we we mentioned yesterday that uh, Whitney said they spend uh, an estimated thirty to forty k a year doing this. Um, That's a pretty penny, and they go decked out. I mean, they're they're Steeler from head to toe, and uh, of course. Well, sometimes uh, they're not welcomed with open arms. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. 
A couple years ago in Cincinnati wasn't fun, but generally people treat us all right throughout the thing. It's usually the conference games are the toughest. We just come back from Green Bay and they treated us like gold. I'm sure we won't be treated like that everywhere we go, but we carry the Steeler tradition and we present ourselves as a loyal Steeler fans and we want to be role models for the Steelers. And you know what? We constantly represent the Steelers. We just came off of an Alaska cruise and we wore Steelers gear every day. And I can't tell you how many Steeler Nation fans were right on that cruise with us. It was crazy. So when you go to, say, Baltimore and you're dressed like this, they say, hey, sit down, have a beer, welcome. Well, you know, not all of them. As a matter of fact, uh, I will tell you this, that when uh, we went to Baltimore, we tried to take a uh, picture with the uh, mascot, the Raven, and he turned his back on us. I will say that Cincinnati, the Bengal, actually, he took a picture with us, but the uh, Raven wouldn't take a picture. So the Raven fans are probably... I don't want to say the worst. I don't want to use that word, but they're the most uh, unwelcoming, I would say. I agree. Yeah, the I, Ravens fans. He, he's too nice suck. a guy. Yeah, they're awful. They are. They are the worst. Although, if the Steelers played the Eagles regularly in Philadelphia and they were in the same division, I don't think that would be real friendly either. No. I just these people uh, obviously made an impression on me. I interviewed them at practice Sunday night, but. Going on Alaska cruise and wear Steeler gear every day. I'm thinking they're not unique in that kind of. There's a lot of people that wear yeah. Steeler gear every I mean, day. That's their, on their travel vacation. gear. It's just what people do. Vacation clothes. I've been around it forever, and it still makes me shake my head in amazement. Our friend Kathy from Kisses down in Barbados. She said, "I was here about ten minutes before I saw people walking around in Steeler jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like their beach wear." For better or worse, Steeler Nation's a real thing. My favorite was um, my ex-girlfriend used to really hate that I would say that, and she would be like, because she was from New York, and she had this like, uh, please, New York is everywhere. And I'm like, no, Pittsburgh is everywhere. And so she used to always make fun of me for it. And we were uh, out in uh, Colorado skiing one time, and she's like, oh, I haven't seen any Steeler stuff. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like making fun of me. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. You wait. And literally, as we're finishing the conversation and we get on the gondola, two Steeler hats. Of course. Four dudes just standing there. And uh, and so I'm just looking at her. I'm not saying anything. And she was just kind of pissed. I'm like, where are you guys from? And they're like, Somerset. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, of course you are. I'm like, yep. Pittsburgh. I'm like, explain to her that Pittsburgh is everywhere. And they're like, everywhere we go if we wear Steeler stuff. Someone has their Steeler or Pittsburgh connection. My my sister used to live in Arizona, and my parents would go out there for the winter and spend a couple of months and be with the grandkids and be in the warm weather. Right. And my old man was like that. He would wear Pittsburgh stuff. They'd go to the mall or wherever, and somebody, hey, I'm from here. Where are you from? And, they'd, and on they would go. Yeah. It would happen all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. I mean, I took a terrible towel with me. <laughs> to Kuwait thinking like all right there's gonna be you know this is gonna be the only terrible towel over here there was like seven as soon as we got to the hotel they're playing like the theme music from Aladdin and there's like a dude <laughs> from like near Ohio pal where he's from he had a pirate he had a penguin's hat on I was like oh my god I walk into a restaurant in Colorado dude's like hey Pittsburgh is that a doesn't matter. Pirate hat yeah. on. That's the other thing. It, does, it could be church. It could be anywhere. It doesn't matter where you're going. It's always appropriate. I'm like, you from Pittsburgh? He's like, I played at Pitt. <laughs> of course you did. 
He's like, you know Tyler Palco? That dude's, he's a great dude. I'm like, yeah, he is. At which point Pittsburgh you gave him, is everywhere. At which point you gave him your ex-girlfriend's numbers. Just call her. Yeah, Say hello. You call my ex-girlfriend and explain to her we're everywhere. Thank you. Sports. What you got coming up, Val? Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll uh, talk about the ways you can tell if you are a food snob. Uh, A little bit later on this morning, once again, Billy Gardell. uh, This time he's in Orlando, and he'll be giving us a call. Our buddy T Robe will be in when we return, though. Big comedy show tonight, right, Bo? Yeah. And you're part of that one. Yeah. Big show tonight down at Burn in the North Shore, 8 p.m. start. T-Robe is hosting, I'm headlining, and uh, my friend Sam B is featuring. Which uh, she's is, so funny. She's a good friend, and, and I'm so happy that she's doing stand-up still because she took a little break. She's back. She's absolutely hilarious. Good so. deal. All right, T-Robe in studio next. TV. Yeah, the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, <laughs> Mike Pursuta. T. Robe joining us right now. There's a big show going on tonight and uh, Pittsburgh comedian. And uh, you're like, you know more famous people than anybody in the in the, <laughs> in all of Pittsburgh radio. T. Robe's here right now. What's going on, man? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me, man. So what's, what's the deal with the show tonight? What's happening? Okay, so uh, tonight is uh, at Burn by Rocky Patel. That's the new cigar bar down on uh, the North Shore mm-hmm. uh, next to the stadium across the street from Bettis Grill. Uh, it's called Light Up and Laugh. And uh, it's a show that I created probably about three months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had uh, a couple local guys on there, but it's been expanding and getting big. So now we're going to start bringing in uh, bigger name uh, comedians. And uh, what, what, I've, what I'm doing with it basically is just uh, I went in there and said, uh, I want to do a comedy show here. And it kind of it looked at me like, I don't know if that would work. And uh, mm-hmm. I sold it to him because I said, uh, you know, give me your weakest night. And it was like a Tuesday night. And uh, I was just telling Bill about it. And I said... I took their Tuesday night from nothing, and now they're making over twenty five, thirty grand on a Tuesday Jeez night. Jeez, Louise, nice. yeah, that's a number. Dang. Yeah, so and the number basically has gotten me. Uh, it, 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 put it this way, Rocky Patel himself uh, wants me to do it in his Naples location, his Atlanta location, wow. and his Indiana. Oh, location. that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Well, here's now. my question, though: Why am I not getting any of that yeah. to be there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I had to reach out and, uh, and reach out for a favor from my friend Bill. Like we've been doing comedy together for how long, man? I mean, how long you been? I got seventeen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing it with you since I started. You got a couple of years on me. So yeah, yeah, long early time. Two thousands. Yeah, long time. But it took you know, you know, we're still grinding, man. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes forever to get there, you know. That's right. So there's a show tonight. Yeah, show Who's tonight. On the show uh, tonight would be myself hosting. Uh, we have a, a young uh, comic by the name of Samantha B. She's the feature. She's and so funny, man. She's oh, hilarious. Sam is hilarious. She, she brings the hood to the stage every time, and I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. So uh, She's got a couple kids, right? Yeah, she has well, a daughter that was born on the on the same day that Kennedy was born. That's her. Okay. I ran into her okay. in the hallway at McGee, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 10 years ago. What a story that is. I was right? like, what the hell are you doing she's here? She's walking around. I was like, well... I was like, no wonder you haven't been at open mics and stuff. I didn't know you were pregnant. <laughs> Having kids. Right. This is crazy. She's like, she had a kid low key. And now it's back in comedy tonight. Now, oh, yeah. Now she's doing comedy again. She was always like, to me, she never could do it consistently enough. Yeah. But she was always like so funny naturally. She's raw. Like raw, yeah, funny, yeah. raw, uncut funny. And then, of course, Bill uh, Bill Crawford's the headliner Bill's going to be there tonight? Yeah. I'm going to be there tonight. Time you going on there, Bill? 
I don't know. What's it's a, an it's 8 a, o'clock it's a, show. It's an African-American show, so it'll probably start about 25 <laughs> minutes late. Listen, I, I reached this out is, to all my Alacopa friends to have them listen this morning. One cousin of mine told me he was going to record it. I'm like, how are you recording it? I don't even understand. <laughs> how are you recording this? <laughs> this is like reverse affirmative action. They had to put a white guy on the show. <laughs> this is not right. This is not no, right. It'll be great. Uh, so that's burned by Rocky Patel tonight down on the North Shore. Eight o'clock start. Allow for uh, a possibility of it to, to start a little bit late. Yeah. And uh, no, man, looking forward to it. How's everything fun. else going? Everything's going good, man. I, uh, you know, summertime is a little bit slow for comedy, but, uh, you know, things are picking back up. Can't wait for the Pittsburgh Improv to open back up. You know, yeah, it's right. my home club. That's going to be beautiful. Uh, yeah. When is that supposed to open back up? Well, you know, I, I've gotten. 30 different answers on that. Right. So I hear September, I hear October, and I heard Christmas. So I, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Keeps getting pushed it back. Keeps getting pushed back. So, you know. 2020. All the more reason to open. seek out comedy tonight at uh, Burn on the North Shore at an 8 o'clock start. And uh, go see Bill Crawford and T-Robe and Samantha B. And, uh, you know, grab a cigar. I, I, I was going to say Macanudo because that's the only cigar I know. But that's, like, not that big of, of a deal, right? Yeah, that's kind of Macanudo is kind of like a starter kit one, right? Right. It's like a... Philly Blunt that you buy at the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Well, it's not that. It's not that low key. It's like a black and mild, baby. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, just enjoy a Swisher Sweet. Do they sell Philly Blunts there? Because that is hilarious. Tonight, uh, Burn Rocky Patel, comedy with T. Robe, Bill Crawford, Samantha B. T. Robe, good to see you, brother. You too, man. DBE. Remember that Steelers cruise that I was gonna. Don't want to get married get on the Steelers married cruise. On. What? <laughs> well, there's a Steeler cruise, and I go, I'll it's get every year on that cruise. <laughs> and Randy's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because. Why wouldn't I, I do that? I mean, I, what's a better story? I get married at Phipps Conservatory, or, <laughs> you know, Franco marries us. I'm like, this is a way better story. But I just remember leading up to that, I think Heinz Ward was getting on the boat, and he had, like, a pool raft. He's like, I'm not, I don't know, you know, if this ship <laughs> I sinks, I got, I'm, pre- I'm coming prepared. I'm like, that's not going to work. That's He's good. like, I saw Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just one plane. None of them wood. brought noodles. That's why. <laughs> I'd have been Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, Heinz Ward had a, like, a raft, <laughs> like a pool raft that he took yeah. on the boat. Yeah. But he also had that hyperbaric chamber, which was a blow-up thing you got into like it was inflatable that is correct so he could should have brought that use that and he would have been fine billy gardell there of course on the show yesterday he was in studio and uh he's down in orlando and gonna rejoin us today in the nine o'clock hour so it's nice ability to do double duty yeah and uh, Val, raining pretty good this morning. Yeah, expected today. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center brought to us, uh, forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. The summer has really sucked when it comes to weather. Yeah. Uh, it's 70 degrees now at DVE. Microsoft says it shut down six websites that tried to pose as the U.S. Senate, conservative organizations, and Microsoft itself. The software giant says the fake sites aimed to trick people into thinking they were clicking on sites run by the conservative Washington think tank, the Hudson Institute. Another target was the International Republican Institute, a nonprofit pro-democracy group with many prominent Republicans on its board of directors. The Institute's president blamed the attack on Russian President Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Seagal's got to do a better job. What's he doing? Come on. Restore relations. 
Police are stepping up patrols in several Allegheny County parks following a string of break-ins this summer. So far, 23 break-ins have been reported between North Park, South Park, and Settler's Cabin since late May. That is up from the handful that they traditionally see every year. Andre Jennings was arrested August 9th and accused in several of those break-ins, but apparently they are continuing. The companies that own brands like Corona and Heineken have seen the future, and the future is weed. These companies are investing billions of dollars in marijuana companies. Industry insiders believe the beer companies are partnering with the marijuana companies to introduce more and more weed-infused beverages. Seems that weed beer is coming. It's just a matter of when, depending on the state you live in. Now, is this just going to have the flavor? Of weed, or is it going to have actual weed infused? Yeah. Interesting. So I would assume that it's got the THC qualities. I opened a beer on Saturday, and you were like, dude, it smells like the skunkiest weed in here. Yeah. I was like, nope, it's just uh, this Stella. Maybe Stella's already doing it. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Sometimes those green bottles, anything with a green bottle will get that skunky effect. Like Heineken's get it, too. I'm a big fan of the green bottles. Yeah, me too. Peronis. Peronis, Heineken. Heineken's. Yeah. Well, Stella counted like Stella. once InBev took over at Anheuser-Busch, it seemed that like they really pushed Stella up to the forefront and it just was everywhere. It's like alongside Budweiser, uh, you know, in in football stadiums across the country. And, They're like, on tap a lot of places. Yeah, everywhere they you go. They got those fancy little goblets. Uh, look, as a, as a regular all-the-time beer, Stella's pretty delicious, you know. It's pretty good. You know, do a Bud Light once in a while, go a little heavier with the Stella. And then see, because the craft beers to me are like dessert anymore. I just can't do it on a consistent basis. I don't want to drink three beers that get me smashed. Well, and every dude that drinks it's very them efficient, though. All, all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're all fat and have beards, you know. I, don't, yeah. I can't grow a beard, so if I get fat, I'm just fat. <laughs> yeah, and being... Uh, Fat without a beard is kind of <laughs> unacceptable. Right. If you have a beard and you're fat, it's kind of like, good you're luck, jolly. dude. Well, look you look at jolly. Old Saint Nick. Yes, you look jolly. You look like you enjoy, you're enjoying the 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 fruits of the, the land. You just walk around with a sack of toys over your shoulder. <laughs> Hello, kids. Even in July. I'm in Kringle training. <laughs> Are you a food snob? I guess a polite term is foodie. Uh, 74% of Americans say they do have a sophisticated palate. 74% of Americans. And the average age they say they developed it was 31. So what are some signs that you are a foodie? You try lots of new foods. You're interested in where food comes from. You're able to cook a quality meal. Everybody is everybody checking these off in their head. Did this food come from a different restaurant? Where is this from? I'm curious. When you said herb rubbed, was it a guy named Herb rubbing this? (laughs) Knowing what foods are in season is a sign you're a foodie. Knowing how to pair meats and cheeses with wine and beer. Always having a cool restaurant you want to try. Being able to pronounce tough food names. Eating healthy and traveling to a country to try the food. I think Randy is 100% a food. I would say you probably all but one of those. Yeah. I, I don't know if you travel to different countries for yeah. the food. No. no but I, don't do I don't know enough about it. Like, I, I love food, but I'll eat 
anything. <laughs> Me I, too. I've always had. I ate. I ate uh, gas station beefaroni last week. So. <laughs> oh my God. You, you did. Yeah. Why? Wait a minute. Hold on. Why? Because was it like there? Before, no, was no, it like no. in it was a crock pot? Our house okay. stew. It was not. It was not gas Herb station made. made. <laughs> so you bought a Chef Boyardee yeah. can at yeah. like the gas and sip. I am not sip. ashamed. Either. I don't. I'm not shaming you. Beef. I, you I would have be. gone with ravioli. Is uh, all. I love beefaroni more. I think ravioli is more exotic because right. you, you it's can, fancy. You can put a little like Parmesan cheese on the Chef Boyardee you- ravioli, and it looks like. <laughs> You, know, you could charge fifty dollars for it. You can't get beefaroni at a nice restaurant. No, no you can't no, get ravioli at, at a nice restaurant. Also, there is no chef Boyardee. In case you're wondering, <laughs> right. wait, what? I, I had chef-made food for lunch today. <laughs> the chef. That's right. <laughs> the chef Beef. made my lunch. <laughs> yeah, beefaroni is never on a menu. It should be. People no. should make. It's got to be trademarked, right? That's why you can't do beefaroni? it. Beefaroni. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but how would ravioli be trade? That's not a trademark. Well, ravioli is like That's saying like spaghetti, a, though. You right. know what I mean? Like you can't trademark that. Like salad. Google, Google it. Google, Google it. Is right <laughs> beefaroni trademarked? <laughs> Google it right now. <laughs> is beefaroni? I hold bet on. you you could serve beefaroni at like a really nice restaurant if you you Jazz know garnished it, it with right. some you know and presented it and a little oregano with a drizzle. In. I type, I type, <laughs> is beefaroni into the search engine. <laughs> delicious. And, and your computer shut down? The, the first one that came up was healthy? Probably not the worst hoping for a real eat. good answer. They're like, I mean, look, all I've been doing is eating beefaroni for a week. I should really check on this. Uh, it's not it's bad probably... to have beef in a can, is it? Is beefaroni goulash is another one of my favorites on this search. Is it? Yeah, it kind of is. It's like American goulash. You know, goulash has like sauerkraut in it. I know the Hungarian goulash does, but yeah. like us I've Americans, when we took over goulash, yeah, it's like we fixed it. We'll take it from here. <laughs> we made it easy. You guys are always hungry. It's, <laughs> we're gonna do it different here. <laughs> no, yeah, we just uh, we put meat. It's macro. It's like spaghetti with macaroni instead. Right. Is that like... In a meat sauce. What Warren was talking about the one time with pilaf, where it's just basically like goulash can be anything if it's Mm. a combination of... I don't know. Like, I just always think of like jambalaya, like just basically throwing a a bunch of stuff into a dish. Yeah, but jambalaya has to have specific stuff in it. Like what? Jum. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And of course you have to have the balaya. (laughs) If you don't have the balaya, what are we even doing here? We're out of the balaya! (laughs) The... uh, Calories in a Chef Boyardee beefaroni can. Wait, is this the tiny can or the big can? It's a tiny can. With it's the, not a with the this is, I, Look, this is not a bad choice. See, I'm telling you. I'm guessing the sodium's through the roof, but Probably. 250 calories. That's nothing. That is nothing. Nothing. Okay, but it's- That is a low Four grams meal. of saturated fat. Not bad. I mean, that's pretty good, all things considered. Sodium, 730 milligrams. Yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. Only six grams of sugar, and you get nine grams of protein out of it. That's not bad. If you can walk around with swollen feet. (laughs) If you don't mind if your ankles have actual ankles on them. (laughs) Cholesterol is only 15 milligrams. Did we find out if it's trademarked yet? Of course it's trademarked. (laughs) It's beefaroni. Did you Google it? What was first, beefaroni or ricearoni? And, and beefaroni is, isn't a San Francisco treat. No, but rice aroni is. 
<laughs> which is also delicious. I've definitely eaten meals tr- of rice it, I you could get you 10 a... for 10. That is like the cheapest thing you can eat, and it's so good. But it also Rice high in sodium, yeah. The you can eat is... like 40 meals for 10 bucks. There's something about Mary. It's like, I'm working out a deal with rice aroni. Isn't that the San Francisco treat? Uh, I'm looking right now, and beef aroni is not... Li- oh yeah, yeah it is. It is straight. It is straight. Beefaroni. Yeah. Does uh, P- Weird Paul have a beefaroni song? Mm, if he doesn't, he should. If if he doesn't, I'd be <laughs> shocked because it's basically <laughs> all of his songs are just about food that he's making. <laughs> yeah, they are. Hot beefaroni. Hot beefaroni. That sounds Pot like beefaroni. A, like the hot Italian girl's last name. Oh, Sandy beefaroni looks <laughs> <laughs> so hot today. <laughs> oh, did you get a shot of Lisa Beefaroni? Ah, <laughs> uh, you might not expect this, but Harry Potter fans make the best lovers. A new study found that people who read the Harry Potter books and other fantasy or sci-fi books have better relationships than people who read other kinds of books, including suspense, classic literature, and romance novels. Is that is that because they're so happy to get a date they'll do anything? <laughs> right. Researchers think it's because of these... Finally get to use this wand. (laughs) It's because of uh, the books like romance novels set up unrealistic expectations. So why are fantasy and sci-fi fans better at relationships? Well, researchers say it could be because they're able to totally separate fiction from reality because the books they read are so far-fetched that they stay more grounded in real life. Or they're just playing a character the whole time they're in a relationship. Let's call ourselves by our our sci-fi names. Not buying any of that, but Malergatroid. Yes, Beefaroni. <laughs> like Angelina well, Jolie is going to go from Brad Pitt to a dude who walks around in cosplay all day at Universal. Yeah, but don't you think those uh, the when the gray Fifty Shades of Gray books where everybody was going crazy over that that was totally unrealistic. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because oh, that I was don't. assault. Half of that movie <laughs> yeah, that was movie, assault. I don't, that is not a romantic movie. That guy should be in jail. <laughs> I didn't really see it at I all. I only saw part of it. I thought, this is awful. Who watches this? This is terrible. So many people read that book, though. I know. I bought it for Serena. I just think it was funny that people were like reading it out in the open. I'm like, you might want to go and take that into another room or something. Right. By yourself, getting all hot and, and you bothered just pull on the out beach. Your, your copy of Jugs. <laughs> mm. Now this stuff, this is the good stuff. Eric Clapton's next release will be a Christmas album coming out in October. Happy Christmas! Christmas mixes standards, lesser-known songs, and one new original called "For Love on Christmas Day." I hope this is good. It's not gonna because be. there are very few <laughs> good rock artists. Christmas releases. There's a reason for that. Christmas music is not rock and roll. Yeah, but Father Christmas, that's a Christmas Great classic. Great rock and roll song. Uh, Little Drummer Boy by David, Bow- uh, David mm-hmm. Bowie and Big Crosby. Great. Please come home for Christmas. So I'm hoping that this is good. Uh, Clapton explains, I had in my head that these holiday songs could be done with a slight blues tinge, and I started to figure out how to play the blues lines in between the vocals. 
Uh, he did draw the cover, which was a uh, quick caricature of Santa Claus. A deluxe edition of the album will be packaged with pop-up art, an ornament, a 7-inch p- picture disc, and more. It'll be out on October 12th. He does White Christmas, uh, Home for the Holidays, Silent Night, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, among uh, the tunes included I think he on wants that. to leave stuff for his kids at this point. Yeah, that could be it. Like, he's one of those dads that is the grandfather age. Like, he's raising kids who could be his grandkids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think he's, that would be my guess. I don't know. that The Clapton documentary on Showtime, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Leonard Skinner one, which aired last night, which is... It actually aired Saturday. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, that was the first airing. It is so good. And they're coming to town this weekend? Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Clapton documentary, boy, it's not flattering. No. He's not the most likable guy. And if you read his biography, you also got an inkling like, oh, this is kind of a not so happy guy. And he's always been like that in a weird way. He had a screwed up childhood. Completely. I'm not saying there isn't uh, there wasn't. It's not a launching point or. Yeah, yeah. there wasn't the the seeds planted for him to be kind of a miserable person. But he is. uh, He stole his best friend's wife. (laughs) And then he died. He didn't seem to fight too hard for her. Yeah. They were doing a lot of acid at the time. The relationship that persevered out of that was him and George, which I think is so funny. Showers and thunderstorms, uh, some could be severe today with flooding. Upper 70s for the high, it's 70 now at DVE. Here's one. DVE Sports. Playing with fire today. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Why should today be any different? Yeah, well, that's a good point. Sports this hour brought to you by Citizens Bank. The Pirates have been struggling and then some to score runs, but... After Starling Marte dogged it a couple of times out of the batter's box on Sunday afternoon and then decided not to try to get himself into a rundown between third and home after he made a really stupid base running decision from third base, Clint Hurdle decided to lay down the law and give his center fielder a night on the bench to think about things. Just to embarrass him, basically. Adam Frazier started in center field, went 0 for 4. Marte got the pinch hit, went 0 for 1. Pirates got seven hits and no runs, and they lost one to nothing to the Atlanta Braves. That'll show them. Yeah, these are the issues you deal with when you're in a leadership position. You know, it, how far do you go disciplining the individual, and at what cost to the team? Not right. that, not that you know, had Marte been in there, they would have scored eight runs because he's been in there all along, and they haven't been scoring any runs. But <laughs> rather remarkable, the fifth straight game the Pirates have given up one and only one run. According to MLB.com, they are the seventh team since 1908 to go through such a streak, and they are the second team since 1908 to lose at least three games while giving up just one run in five consecutive games. So Chris Archer lasted four innings. Uh, he allowed five hits, uh, one run. It was earned, one walk and three Ks. He uh, swung too hard at a pitch and experienced left leg discomfort after screwing himself into the ground and had to subsequently leave the game. The Braves uh, went with rookie Bryce Wilson, a 20-year-old, who started this season in Class A and was making his major league debut. And now you know it's at least as much the Pirates' ineffectiveness at the plate as it is good pitching. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you can't score against the Cubs, you think, all right, well, the Cubs are pretty good too. They've, they've struggled with Lester, as a lot of people have. 
Sometimes you got to tip your cap. Mm-hmm. Last night it was a 20-year-old guy making his major league debut, and they couldn't score. No and, bueno. And move over Sean Casey because he just got thrown out from the outfield. Well, yeah, but at least that was right I know. field. I know. Casey's was left field. That's a little more rough. Yeah, left field is the... It's like, what? Left field is is damn near unacceptable. And those guys are in close. Right fielder's in pretty close for yeah. the pitcher because you're not expecting him to have opposite field power. So that happens. I still think that that kid's never going to live that down. It won't be as uh, I, legendary as Case. but I think that's an afterthought. But he, He's a 20-year-old who had his major league debut and won his first game. I don't think he cares what happened at the plate. No, but I'm just saying that will be a story he tells. Like, that would have been his first major hit. league debut, and hit. then he hit. He gets yeah. a hit. He'd be Instead. batting. <laughs> How many times did he bat last night? He only went five innings. He was 0 for 2. He'd be hitting 500. He'd be a career 500 hitter and an undefeated pitcher, but he'll have to settle for the latter. 63 and 63. And nothing would trade for him to, to bolster the bats. For the Pirates. We need a cleanup hitter. Nine and a half out in the division, six out in the wild card. They've got the Braves again tonight. Wilson was pitching, by the way, because Atlanta decided to give its starting staff a collective extra day of rest. Pirate fans must it have been pissed. It still amazes me the way people went crazy when the Pirates did this in August in San Francisco. And part of that was probably because of the ridiculously convoluted analytical garbage that the organization served up as if coming out of Colorado had anything to do with it. It's just something teams do now and again. Look, when, Clint has always tried to marry that balance between analytics and and and, and, and your gut, and your gut, and sometimes uh, that is not the easiest yeah. PR maneuver. They got you know, they, Clay Holmes got beat. He was one on one. He got clubbed like a baby seal in San Francisco, and it it didn't work that night. But it was never just about that night. It was about the remaining month and three quarters of the season, and they've pitched pretty well since then for the most part. They just haven't yeah, scored. Have. So I guess giving the pitchers a night off ruined the bats. Why does it have to be a baby seal? Can it be like a... Well, they're easier <laughs> to catch. <laughs> That's okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah. they don't fight back they're so on, much. Uh, so, right. You know, okay. they're on... I mean, big seals are rather... They can get aggressive, right? Yeah. If you got clubbed like a big seal, it's like, well, he fought a good fight. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with the metaphor. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Is that another one of those things that you just can't... <laughs> no, you're allowed to say it. Okay. But if you're wearing a wife beater while you're saying it, <laughs> that's unacceptable. Kevin Gosman against Yvonne Nova tonight, game two against the Braves. It's like redheaded stepchild. That's probably no bueno anymore either. No, right? probably. I mean, There's probably nothing left, right? You can't be funny or... <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> well, sexist just, or just trying racist. to evolve. You, you know? can't be racist or sexist or uh, you know everything's no, I mean, anything with table. a little bite to it is yeah. Or in the case of baby I'm not seal. coming down on you for the baby seal thing. Okay. I was just trying to. I was I was wondering the yeah. derivation of the metaphor that I just always heard. Why it was, was it always seal? baby seal? Yeah, I know. What kind of sick maniacs were just walking around with a club? Well, because you want the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah, well, you want the meat beers, to be tender. You know, I, there was a reason. I guess you didn't want to just shoot it <laughs> and put it out of its misery right away. You guys, if we it. shoot it, we're going to lose the metaphor. <laughs> all right. I don't think that was it. I think it was something to do with what you do with it afterwards. Oh, okay. All right. Guns haven't been invented yet, guys. <laughs> we got to club these things. Not that I know. 
You know, if we shot these, that'd be great, Harold. If someone had invented guns. <laughs> As for now, I'm As freezing. It stands, <laughs> let's let's get over. I'm here. not wasting an arrow on that thing. You club it. Let's pretend like we're playing the pirates. Beat this thing <laughs> and get out of here. Wait, we're not going to take it with us. <laughs> no, this is literally just for fun. Still- Speaking of beating things into the ground. <laughs> We clubbed this we subject club that like a one baby seal. Steelers were off yesterday. They're getting ready for Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, you'll recall at the start of training camp, we heard from Kevin Colbert, the general manager, and he said uh, in a small media gathering on the record that uh, the Steelers as an organization had no problem whatsoever with the way they're going about their business, with their focus, with their discipline, with the ship that Mike Tomlin is running uh, and the tightness thereof at the end of training camp before we all left Latrobe last week prior to preseason game number two in Green Bay. Kevin Colbert uh, joined uh, Bob Labriola and myself on Live from Latrobe here on DVE, and he elaborated as to why he felt the beginning of training camp was the time to, uh, in the Steelers' estimation, set the record straight. I mean, when you see and read different things that really don't match up with, with what's really going on, I, I think it needs to be addressed, especially in a situation where you know sometimes people don't get to see those types of issues behind the scenes and in the locker room in a meeting room in a coach's office when he's dealing with players one-on-one and understand that uh, we certainly know who's in charge when we're on that field or when we're in that locker room or meeting rooms so uh the steelers uh, don't buy the criticism of mike tomlin uh, kevin colbert telling us why here's Colbert on why the Steelers think that Mike Tomlin is the guy who should be in charge. His record speaks for itself. I mean, except for Coach Belichick, no one has a better record than him since he's been a head coach in this league, you know, when you include the Super Bowls. The part of the record, no, he doesn't need to defend anything. Look, we were 0-1 last year, in my opinion. 13-3 and didn't happen because the 0-1 is how we're judged. And sometimes when you leave a season like that, the 0-1, some things start to, this happened because of this or that or whatever. No, we got beat, and now it's time to move on and work from it. But there's no question about Coach Tomlin's effectiveness. Other than, you know, when he's playing Coach Belichick, who has a habit of beating the Steelers. Clubbing them. Like, yes. uh, right, yes. Mm-hmm. You know. We're gonna hear. Mule. We're gonna hear some more from Kevin today. It was uh, some pretty interesting stuff, and uh, you want to stick around for that. AP Top Twenty Five, Alabama number one again. Why would it not be? Penn State checks in at number ten, and WVU at number seventeen. College football starts next weekend. Love it. I can't wait. Pitt Penn State's only two weeks away. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how I can go to that game and still be in Cleveland on Sunday morning when I need to be. Uh, you can do it. Maybe I could borrow AB's helicopter. You can definitely make that happen. You think? Yeah. I don't know. It's dicey. Oh, dicey yeah. just made me think of gambling. If he's, I'm going to, he's probably not going to give if you If I'm going helicopter. to Penn State, I'm not going to be drinking uh, Diet Cokes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. yeah. You could Uber up there. I bet the Uber isn't oh, that probably, Oh, that's not expensive at all, right? I bet you could check it out right hour now. Hour drive. Just log on to Uber. Let's see how you could mu- Uber to Cleveland from Pittsburgh. Sure, you could. Yeah, probably two hundred bucks. That's my guess. No, it's gonna be way more expensive than that. 
Can I tell the guy not to talk for the entirety of the ride? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but it might not work. Because if I get you somebody that's yapping word. for two and a half hours, that's, you know. I'm going to beat the him like a rented mule. <laughs> Why do you beat the rented mules? Well, because you don't own it's it. Not it's not yours. Yeah, yours. you don't care what happens yeah. to it. That yeah. much I know. You know. Does Mike Lang still use beat him like a rented mule? Yeah. Yeah. No one rents mules anymore, Mike. Thank God for that. It's all <laughs> mule owning now. Thank God we all own mules. Now You're checking that Uber slaves. thing, are you? This is an interesting idea. I'm going to look at it here in the break. I'm going to go to you commercial break. Come back. Rent a mule. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Faster! <laughs> Faster! The pregame show starts! Just make sure you beat it with a baby seal. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, Bill Crawford. Skinner's coming to town this weekend. Now, I believe Rosington is the only original member at this point. Gary Rosington. Uh, we're going to do Skinner Friday. Yeah. but it's, So we wanted to do Skinner Saturday. Yeah, yeah, but there's a Steeler game. There's a Steeler game. Yeah. So we have to do Skinner Friday, on, it's, but it's Skinner Saturday, but it's Friday. Don't forget, 38 huh. Special, Marshall Tucker, and Hank Williams Jr., I think, are also on the bill. Freebird Friday show. here on DVE. Right. The there doc, it is. The documentary on Showtime, which is- If I leave here tomorrow. If I leave here tomorrow. Highly recommended. It's great. I finally saw it last night, and uh, a so lot. So pissed. I didn't. Why didn't you tell me you're going to watch it yesterday? I, I you know what? I meant to text it. you too. Like, and it was. I taped it, and I was watching it late, and I was like, "Oh, expletive! <laughs> I should have texted Val." Um, there's so many great revelations. A lot of stuff I didn't know. They definitely leave a, a bunch of stuff out, but in a two-hour documentary about yeah. a band like I don't that, think it's that long. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, actually, it might only be 90 minutes. Um, they leave out a lot. But there's some stuff covered. The behind the music that VH1 did years ago that I think they had to take off the air because of the Artemis Pyle stuff, because his account of what happened in the crash was widely disputed at the time. Mm -hmm. The other band members are like, dude, what are you talking about? You didn't drag anybody Mm -hmm. anywhere. Uh, And also, Artemis has gone on to have his own problems, having to now register as a sex offender after his ex-wife accused him of sexual abuse he denies it and has been trying to fight it and he said it was more of a custody battle than his wife was like waging this dirty war and well, then he didn't fight it the he right lied way about the plane crash though right exactly so he's not exactly the most um the, reliable the character tried wolf. but he wasn't their original drummer i mean they the original drummer was the guy what was his name bob something or other he came up with the name leonard skinner and or the idea for the name you know based on their gym teacher and he also, I didn't realize, they, he lost his mind, like Brian Wilson style. They went and saw The Exorcist, and he never came down from it. Oh, my gosh. Were they on acid? I don't know. They didn't say that they were. I mean, there's plenty of times where they did t- talk about all the drugs they were doing, but not that was like a break from the studio. I don't think they were too messed up. But he went to Europe, and he was having like a satanic, demonic possession thing, and they're like, all right, man, our drummer's possessed. <laughs> We got to get another drummer in here. I don't mean that in a good way. When they were like already phasing them out, but Artemis didn't know all the songs yet. So, you know, they're like, all right, we only know 15 songs or not even with Artemis. We can't tour Europe with that. We got Mm -hmm. got to have Bob do one more. And then then we'll have Artemis drag him out of the band. (laughs) He could not (laughs) drag him out of the band. He's possessed. What if we have Satan as a backup singer? Also, (laughs) did you know that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania plays a big part in the Leonard Skinner history? I do not. Not Because they did... So, Ronnie Van Zant, who I always believed is, you know, pretty widely misunderstood. 
Uh, I mean, the guy wrote a song about throwing all the guns in the ocean. He was the most anti-gun guy ever because he got shot once. He's like, it's not fun. That'll do it. Yeah. Uh, But I don't think people would ever think that about him because they flew the Confederate flag. And and they they addressed the Confederate flag in the documentary, which I think is uh, also... Misunderstood about... Oh, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, because, I mean, look, as soon as Skinner came on stage, an unfurl. Huge Confederate flag would unfurl. Oh, well, dude, his... that's the first concert I ever saw out at, at Star Lake. And it absolutely terrified me, the parking lot. Before we even got in there, I was I like, just, where are we? Yeah, I remember years ago, and I don't know if it's still the same, but years ago, people from there would say, that is the show with the most fights. Oh, my well, God. It was it was melees in the parking lot, one after another. It's the band with the most fights. I mean, Ronnie used to get drunk and beat up his band members all the time. <laughs> You know, there's accounts of them, like, drinking in Europe, and, like, you know, he tells Gary Rosington, you're never going to play the guitar again! And he, like, takes a broken bottle, and he's trying to, like, jag his hand off, and, like, he's all bandaged up and bleeding at the gig the next day, and they're like, what the hell happened to you? Well, Ronnie tried to cut my hand off. (laughs) See, the drug use um, description, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, revelation, that surprised me. Like, I just imagined those guys as hard boozers. They were hard like, at I everything. They were, val- they were like they're... 23 years old. I Think know, about that, that, Bill. Think no, about being 23 and you have the keys to the rock and roll party. Forget was, it. Well, how old You're going to lose them. Al- <laughs> You're going to lose the keys Im- immediately. Al Cooper was basically their guiding force in the industry. Coming off of you know playing with Dylan, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and you know Hendrix, and he started a record company. And after they got turned down nine times, they uh, they ended up with Al Cooper, and he kind of guided them into the the record industry. But but you know, and this is a well known fact about Skinner. You know, they're just the the best rehearsed band in the world. Those guys went into the studio, and the solos were note for note every time. They like didn't screw up because mm-hmm. Ronnie was. He was, he was a pretty badass. You know, he's a taskmaster ma- in that regard. But- to me, it's never surprising that these guys are doing drugs and getting into fights. The thing that's surprising to me is that any band ever stayed together for any length of time. Yeah. Because how could something not spiral out of control like it, like it does so much and not be like, you know, you can't come back from it? There's some pretty incredible it's- scenarios at the crash site also. They go back and revisit the crash site, mm-hmm. and um, like you know, Rosington is the only one around, basically. But they have, and Artemis is. He I still think, looks. I think he kind of gets shunned. Yeah, they rightly so. Rightly so. <laughs> what was the story behind the crash? Like the plane was broken, and they knew it, and they're like, "Let's not get on the broken plane." And Ronnie said, "Well, when it's my time to go, you can kiss my ass goodbye. Let's go. This is taking us to the gig." It was like just dumb. Oh man! They knew the plane was was messed up. They're like, this thing needs to go in the shop, man. It doesn't sound right. It's not flying right. And they're like, f that. We got to go to the uh, to the next gig. And the, the you know the, that whole scenario was pretty surreal. I, I don't want to spoil it for you. And you should definitely check it out. Like you know, talking about what happened in the plane as mm-hmm. they knew they were going to crash. And you know, they've talked about it a lot, but just contemplating that whole scenario, we're like. Did they all know how serious it was? Did they all really know that they didn't have a great chance mm-hmm. to to make it out of there alive? And how did Rosington, 
on one side in the middle and Allen on the other side survive when everybody on each side of them died. So those guys come out of the crash and try to try to envision that scenario. Survivors. Why remorse. did I live? And it, it, boy, it's just great. And there's so much oh, great music that. Uh, in that documentary and so many songs that you you don't hear all the time from Skinner. Mm-hmm. And you remember that they wrote some great tunes. I'm kind of bummed I can't go to that show. This is uh, one of the, the ones I love so much that Billy Powell really like added a ton to Coming Home. And they feature this one uh, a little bit. And there's some of the early Skinner stuff that they put in there. You'll just kind of be amazed at how quickly they grew into the band that put out Street Survivors. It's like just hit, 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 hit. And the, also the construction of Sweet Home Alabama. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It really sent me into a uh, you know a Skinner kick here. And I think I have to ride out the rest of the week with Skinner for sure. So check that out on Showtime uh, if I leave here tomorrow. And then go see them this weekend. Are there still tickets for that? That I'm not sure. I know, I know it was selling very well. Billy Powell was a flipping roadie for the band for a long time. And he's like, I can play piano. And they're like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then one day he's like, hey, y'all, if I played Freebird, it'd go like this. And they're like, shut up, you big. Oh, my God, that's pretty. That what great. are you doing? How come you didn't tell us? He's like, I've been telling you. Call me a nerd. Also, just rehearsing down at the swamp. They literally rehearsed in the hell house at the swamp. Hey, guys, I have a better place where <laughs> shut up, shut nerd. nerd. <laughs> It's a recording studio. It's real nice. Shut up, <laughs> you dork. Damn it, Billy. <laughs> you dork. Val's <laughs> got your news coming up. What are you going to be talking about? Uh, if you always smell bad things, you may have a legitimate disorder. No kidding? Yes. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Do the Carl Lewis. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Bring it back. Our buddy uh, Steve Malion from It's About the Warrior coming in with a big announcement about the foundation of Billy Gardell joining us once again, 9 a.m. here on DVE. Leonard Skinner is a much different Leonard Skinner than the current Leonard Skinner. It the, drives the, me crazy. Yeah, there's actually only one of the Leonard Skinners in there. And he, his brother is nothing like he was. They are completely no. ideological the, polar opposites. He is the Jim Belushi of rock and roll. 
<laughs> you're like you're everything your brother wasn't. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he goes into auditions and like I don't know? It's we don't know if you're right for the part. You're like no, it's fine. I just dismiss my brother John. <laughs> <laughs> just really hoping this part would kind of let me forget. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Uh, I mean, I've softened, <laughs> you know, considerably on that one. I think it's better that the music is living on live. And I'm glad that Skinner goes out and keeps it alive. Not for long. Comedian Chris Porter there uh, being super funny as always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this weekend, it's going to be packed out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I checked uh, the KeyBank Pavilion website. There are some tickets available, but not a ton. So it's Rosington. He's the only one left. Billy Powell died in the 2000s. Leon died. 2000. That's the guy I couldn't remember. Leon Wilkerson. I had his pic- his face in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what's his name? Artemis isn't allowed to leave the state lines. So he's not in the band anymore. Plus, I don't think they want him in the band. And uh, everyone else, uh, well, Collins died in what? Um, 1990. And then don't forget Donnie Van Zant. There's a Donnie Van Zant? He's in 38 Special. Mm-hmm. That's their cousin, though, right? No, I think it's a, I think they're brothers. Ronnie, Donnie, Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, man. Straight up a pizza that episode. Yeah, Donnie is the brother of Ronnie. Really? I didn't know that. Their although, dad although this says he's the former lead singer of thirty eight special. Well, I think that was yeah. because thirty eight special, you know, kind of ceased to exist there for a while. And it's Hank Williams Jr. Yes. Dude. But, but he's not in the band anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's another guy. No, it looks it's, like Donnie's not. It's in another Van Zant. <laughs> it's the third one. <laughs> Bonnie, <laughs> she, she comes out. <laughs> she comes out and does some Bocephus. <laughs> I'm Bonnie Van Zant. Smoky voice, sultry lady of the night. <laughs> lady. I don't of even the know night. I said that. Lady of the night. That's, that's her big hit. Uh, what do you have there, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Eleven. It's 72 degrees now at DVE. So to be clear, Friday, Skinnered all day? Well, not nonstop all day, oh, but you're going to hear a lot more than normal. Make it all day, Val. Just go Skinner. Just Freebird Friday. Come on, Val. Like live concerts all day. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Skinnered all day. Freebird, 75 times in a row. What is it that you want to hear? I want to hear Skinnerd all day. <laughs> I want to hear working for MCA. You're going to hear it. I want to hear coming home. I want to hear Simple Man. I want to hear Friday. Ain't No Good Life. I don't want to hear Red, White, and Blue, but the, the other ones, yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, We haven't really talked about this much, but there is some new information in that Colorado murder case involving Chris Watts, his wife, and two young daughters. According to an affidavit for his arrest that was released Monday, Watts claimed he saw his estranged wife strangling their three- and four-year-old daughters on a baby monitor. And that he went into a rage and then strangled his wife, 34-year-old Shanann Wells, to death, which that's... Just totally full of holes that that claim, despite the claim. I would would guess you could prove this pretty easily. Not to mention, where are you that you're seeing this happen on a baby monitor? I don't know. Are you? You have to be in the house. Not in the house. 
really disturbing. I mean, because otherwise, you could have saved the kids if that's your claim. Right. How much did you watch? Uh, The 33-year-old Watts has been charged with nine felonies, including three counts of murder in the first degree and unlawful termination of a pregnancy. The affidavit also says Watts was having an affair with a co-worker, which he initially denied when questioned by police. The FBI and U.S. Marshals are trying to track down a Pennsylvania man accused of threatening to kill President Trump and other politicians. Federal investigators say Sean Richard Christie wrote on Facebook that he would put a bullet in the head of a Pennsylvania D.A. as soon as he did the same to President Trump. He also threatened to kill any police officer who tried to get in his way. Police believe Christie was last spotted in Maryland. Channel 4 reported that he was spotted earlier this month at a sheet store in Wexford. According to the National Institutes of Health, 6.5% of Americans over 40 have a disorder called phantom odor perception. That is when you constantly smell something bad, even though those smells aren't real. I thought it was when you blamed farts on a phantom. (laughs) (laughs) Phantom of the opera. Which I, I think most moms have this. Oh, yeah. Do I smell something? Although a lot of the times it's legit. Uh, That's probably an evolution, you know, an evolutionary trait. Like being able to smell things that are bad so that you don't feed the baby something that's rotten. Even if you don't have it now, you could develop it. The NIH says it could be caused by where you live and kicks in around 40 women twice as likely to have it as men. One reason to look forward to the holidays. You smell that? I mean, uh, honestly, I swear I've said this a thousand times. If... A gnat farted on the moon, Serena could hear it and smell it. The, 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 and really, it's not that far away, obviously. It's mom. It's right next to her. It's mom's superpowers. The fart is coming from inside the house. <laughs> One reason to look forward to the holidays, Aldi grocery stores, wine advent calendars are finally coming to the United States. The Advent calendar comes with 24 mini bottles of red, white, rosé, and sparkling options. They will be available starting on November 7th. I don't. Does Aldi sell booze in Pennsylvania? Apparently, no idea. I don't know. Don't know. There's not an Aldi by me. Everybody that shops at Aldi loves Aldi. Mm -hmm. Do they? It's like the Trader Joe's people. Aldi's got like a cult. Yeah. Like the people who are down with Aldi love it. What's the uh, the Aldi's attire? Do they have as festive and fun of attire as uh, Trader Joe's? You mean Joe's? employees? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't because, know. Because, you know, Trader Joe's has those fun uh, Hawaiian shirts. You know, the the uh, short Island. sleeve button oh, up. Oh, yeah. Never, Tommy Bahamas. Never dawned on me when I was in there that that yeah. was, yeah. It's festive. It's like, where are we? Are we at the beach? Uh-uh. No, you're not at the beach. I like Trader Joe's because they have awesome pre-made food, but I eat too much of it. Like, I just get it, and I'm like, oh, I'll just eat this all week. And then you're like, why did I gain five pounds? Oh, you <laughs> ate a jar of mayonnaise with chicken in it. Oh, okay. That's why. Do they have Trader Joe's beefaroni? No, they're no, it's trademarked. Nope. It would be like Joe-a-roni or something like that. <laughs> Ronnie Van Zanaroni. <laughs> beefaroni. A British woman went into the hospital to have surgery to remove a cyst from a swollen eyelid, but what surgeons actually found was shocking. The swelling had gotten worse over about six months, and doctors believed it was caused by a growing cyst that had to be removed. But when they started to do the operation, they found it wasn't a cyst at all. It was a contact lens that had been tucked inside the woman's eyelid for decades. The 42-year-old woman recalled a childhood trauma she had suffered and believed the lens had fallen out when, in fact, it just 
like oh. went way up in her eyelid. She's looking for that thing for years. She told doctors she hadn't worn contacts in 28 years. Holy cow. Oh, my God. That's, How would that not that just constantly gross. irritate you and you think something's in my eye for 28 years? I don't know. I've I'm thought a- something was in my eye for at least 10. There, there's a lot. What was seen, it? By the way, have you seen Burt Kreischer's eyelash? Yeah. What is she, he? Do we need to have eyelash. an intervention? Have you seen that? It what is, is it? It's like a long hair that would be on your head. I'd say it's it's a good three inches, right? Yeah. And I think he and it, gels it to his forehead it, or something. It's <laughs> coming out of his eyelid, and he calls it his lucky eyelash. Wait, it's coming out? It's not an eyebrow. It's an eyelash. Is it where the rest of the eyelashes yes. are? Yes. Yeah. But it's like three inches long. <laughs> it's lucky eyelash. He, he had it. It, for Comedy Fest this year, and him and Rory were talking about it backstage, and I thought they were talking about his eyelash, or uh, rather his eyebrow, and I was like, dude, that happens. You know, people, you get the rogue man. ones. Yeah, when you get older, they go crazy. He's like, no, dude, this is my eyelash. Yeah. And then he, like, pasted it onto his forehead to show me. That would be so irritating. It would be infuriating to talk to him while he's blinking his eyes. Well, when they were all in the studio, Sarah was trying, like, she's like, you have an eyelash loose. He's like, no, 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 it's... Don't touch it. It's It's my my thing. super long eyelash. Like, he's married. How does he still have that thing? You would think one of his his kids would have grabbed it off. Or like his wife, when he's sleeping, just ripped that thing out. Oh, my God, that is so annoying. I know. Like, to have it. Because it curls down in front of his eye. It's just like an obstruction. Yeah. Constantly, every day. Anyway. Yeah, I used to paint, like, whenever I painted houses, we would have to sand, like, in the summer, it was the worst time ever because you'd be sanding, like, a soffit and fascia over your head, and just debris would be falling into my eyes. And I never, ever had goggles on. And so I just always had, like, super irritated eyes. Some of it might be genetic, you know? So I'm like. So you want to go to the eye doctor to make sure that I, some debris I, didn't end I, up there. I did. That's probably did. like... They were like, ah, we can't see anything. One but, of the few places in your body where something can kind of hide out up in the lid. But you up can there. feel like, it. I don't know. Like, I've had contact lenses slide way up. Mm-hmm. And you know something ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People will do just about anything to get a great selfie. A guy was visiting Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska earlier this month. He went into a restricted area where five huge brown bears were eating salmon in the river. The guy waded into the river to take a selfie with the bears, was there for about a minute and a half. Dumb. Fortunately, he did not get mauled, uh, but the park's bear cam got a perfect video of him in the river, so uh, he is going to be facing charges. Hey, guys, I'm on bear cam tonight. Check it out. <laughs> Eight o'clock. You can sign up here. It's me. I'm just doing some solo stuff. That's when you root for the bears. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, why would why why would he you want to get that picture? Sure, he could still get a good picture from the unrestricted area. Yeah. Slash admits if he hadn't been sober for more than a decade, there's no way uh, he could be out on the road now with Guns N' Roses. He told Variety magazine, quote, I'd bet my bottom dollar if I was still carrying the same habit I had 12 years ago. There's no way I could cope with the shows. It would be too physically and mentally difficult. There's something to be said for a sense of clarity. 
It's funny because dope is such an insidious thing, end quote. He adds he's been impressed at how Keith Richards has kept the Rolling Stones together, even with all the various drug issues, saying, quote, I think he was the main guy who seemed to always have that rule in his head where you have to keep the band together, no matter what anybody else did, even himself, no matter hell or high water, you keep it together. But there was a point with guns where there was so much outside influence, I just couldn't see around it. I couldn't see how you went about fixing it, end quote. I swear to God, one of my contacts is up in my eye, and I can't... <laughs> I'm so high. There, the, I don't know. I think the uh, like when you're young, it's a little harder to drop the pride aspect of things. Yeah. And once they hit forty, they're like, uh, "Why are we giving away millions of dollars? This is dumb. We this actually like doing that. We just got mad at each other. Let's stop being mad at each other." And yeah. Axel supposedly sounds better than he has in a long time. He sounded great when they were here. Yeah. I think he's doing some stuff with Angus Young, working on ACDC stuff. Um, new original stuff. Well, Brian Johnson was spotted out there in Vancouver when you were on vacation. Did you hear those stories? Uh, spotted on Bear Cam. Bear Cam. He was <laughs> uh, feeding him. Feeding the bears! <laughs> uh, yeah, he was spotted outside of the studio. And I don't know if he was lurking in his mom jeans <laughs> and just wanting to go Back in. Back in Black Bear. <laughs> uh, the Eagles now have the best-selling album of all time. The Recording Industry Association of America reports their greatest hits 1971 to 1975 album overtook Michael Jackson's Thriller album to claim the top spot. The Eagles album was certified at 38 times platinum, while Jackson's is at 33 times platinum. Their greatest hit 71 to 75 album previously spent time at the top spot for about a decade until Thriller bypassed the album following Michael's death in 2009. Hotel California from 1977, it's third on the list and now 26 times platinum. Everyone had that album growing up everyone Mm -hmm. and you wonder what those numbers would be if streaming never came into existence because even with streaming people are still buying the album but if that wasn't a thing dear lord they probably have 100 million copies dear lord dear heavens to betsy dear uh heavens to murgatroyd Uh, Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford says the band is planning to mark its 50th anniversary in 2019 with a special celebration. In a recent interview, Halford said the heavy metal icons are in talks with their record label, promoters, and management on some ideas, though nothing is set in stone. Judas Priest formed in 1969, and Halford joined the group in 73. What's your favorite Judas Priest album? Oh, I, I never got into Judas oh, Priest Oh, so come on, dude. Yeah, I never... Just go, just do British Steel and Screaming for Vengeance today, and then for supper, have Live in Japan. <laughs> okay. Uh, the band will kick <laughs> off a U.S. co-headlining tour with Deep Purple tonight in Cincinnati and wrap the run September 30th in California uh, in Wheatland, just outside Sacramento. Showers and thunderstorms today. Uh, some of those storms could be severe with flooding involved. Temperatures around 80 for the high at 72 at DVE. Unleashed. In the East is their live uh, in Japan album. Yeah, this was the cover of, I believe this is a a Fleetwood Mac song originally, the Peter Green era. It was uh, the Green Manalishi with the two-pronged crown. Oh, God, I used to jam this all the time. Steve, did you get into Priest back in the day? You got another thing coming? Oh, yeah, dude. Screaming for Avengers, yeah. Awesome song. They were so good. Check it out, Val. Did Donnie Van Zandt guest on any of these? I never disliked them. I just, I don't know. I just didn't get 
like I never got into them. It's awesome. Uh, C. Montleon from It's About the Warrior hanging out with us right now. How are you, brother? Hey, good. How and are you? David Allen what's here up, as man? well. And you guys are uh, combining uh, for a great cause. David, tell us what's going on uh, in uh, that will benefit our good friends at It's About the Warrior. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having us here. And uh, we're having a celebrity fashion show uh, September 21st on Grandview Avenue, Mount Washington neighborhood. Awesome. And we're flying in about 30 celebrities. We have uh, about nine WWE wrestlers coming in. Whoa. We have some NFL players for the Steelers, uh, reality TV stars. So uh, it's going to be an interesting event for wow, sure. So, awesome. all right. And it's on Grandview Avenue? Yeah, the city actually gave us permission to shut down Grandview. It's about 120 yards of, of distance that they're shutting down for wow. us. So Which part? Uh, it's by Shiloh Street. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I used to live right there, right <laughs> on... Uh, That's on, the prime time spot. I lived on Sycamore Street, which is parallel. Oh, yes. like, yeah, sure. like between, uh, uh, like right by Redbeard's yeah. is where I lived. But, um, so, Mojo Raleigh's coming. So, we're still waiting on Mojo. So, right now, we have the Uso Brothers. Uh, we have the New Day. Uh, we have Sheamus and Cesaro. We have Nia Jax and then Dasha Fuentes are coming in uh, from the WWE. Okay, and what Steelers you got lined up here? So right now we have uh, Roosevelt Nix and Anthony Ciccolo that are coming in, and, and we're working on a few more right now as well. So it'll be Ciccolo a nice... won the best dressed for last year's fashion show for the really? Steelers. Yeah, he takes it seriously, and uh, he's got some swag. Uh, Scary thing is I have to be in it. Dude. <laughs> Dude, so, like, come on. I what mean. are you going to be sporting? I'm going to have a, boat, a red, All white, and blue camo. bow tie <laughs> and a gray suit. I'm not, you know, I'm old. It's, and I'm gross. I'm walking down there. I'm walking with uh, Brandon and Ashley. Okay. Oh, so awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so this is going to be September 21st, uh, and you can get your tickets at eventbrite.com. We'll have it on the morning show page. Uh, for everybody here, and uh, you guys have been doing this for for a while. This fashion show has been able to raise a whole lot of money, David. Correct. Yeah, the first two years we raised money for the American Cancer Society, uh, roughly about forty thousand dollars. And then this year we wanted to switch things up, so we're actually dressing five kids from Children's Hospital who have leukemia, and uh, they're going to be walking the runway with all the celebrities and athletes as well. And uh, it's going to be benefiting three different charities: uh, the Ronald McDonald House of Pittsburgh. Uh, cuddles for kids as well and then uh, obviously it's about the warrior foundation so we're trying to switch it up every couple years and and give money back to different charities and help out throughout the the city of pittsburgh okay so really uh, the tickets will be on sale now correct or? Yep, okay, they're on, sale right now. on eventbrite okay so we'll have them linked like like i said at dve.com steve what's going on with it's about the warrior i i see you posting stuff that your hockey squad's getting uh more and more uh yeah, attention these days well I'm, uh, i can't really go into detail but i'm uh, i'm working out a deal to possibly have our own rank so how are you going to come on here and not come like spill well, beans I, on stuff i don't want people saying don't hey you said up. this yeah don't right. screw it All up right. so I, I so you guys I'll, might have your own rank yeah, we're working on a deal. Oh, that'll be incredible. That'll be awesome. Guys are pumped for that. But uh, yeah, we're. Uh, by the way, Merle's on his way here today. He's going on a hunt. Haji. He's going on a hunt this afternoon and tomorrow with some veterans up at Shiloh Ranch. And oh, that's hunt. awesome! So it's a velvet deer hunt. Send us uh, some video if you yeah, have sure a bear will. cam or anything. Have him tell you the story about the time he killed a, a wolf with wolf. his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> he Didn't did he dive right. at it he, off yeah. a snowmobile yeah. or something. Did he really? Yeah, he dove off a snowmobile out. to kill it. And tell him to get his ass in here tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, that's the other if thing. He's in town. Well, he's hunting tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. but then I. I I know he's leaving tomorrow afternoon. I don't know if he's coming back into Pittsburgh or what. But I've, I'll tell I him. pitched him his own hunting show called Factor Buck, <laughs> and it would just be just <laughs> about him talking about deer hunting because he's so. Awesome. I mean, he, oh, he call, loves it. He's called us from the tree stand. Yeah, he's pumped. He's bringing his gun and his bow. So, but yeah, we uh, we're, we're having a grand opening of our new office in Wexford, September 11th, iconic day, obviously. Um, 
we're it's just come in and check us out from four to eight. We're offering uh, veterans some pretty good uh, therapeutic uh, ther- different therapies as far as like the float tanks. We have I yeah, saw we that. Have two of them. We're going to get another one. That's cool. Uh, biofeedback. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, it's more about the heart rate and uh, what they do is they put a piece on your ear to get your pulse. And then they put the software in front of you. And what they do is they put the veterans in a, in, back in a combat situation. They're watching like a video. And you can see the stress coming out in them. And they teach them how to breathe. And it's pretty neat stuff. I've been doing it. So is uh, it like a PTSD, like yeah, uh, tra- like like whatever the opposite of immersion is? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and traumatic brain injury. Yeah. It, it, they try to bring them back into that experience, not in a bad way. But then they talk about the breathing aspect of it. It's pr- pretty cool stuff. Because my mind, I'm scatterbrained, and I do it, and I, mean, I, I could feel myself actually focused on one thing. Yeah. So it has like a meditative effect? Mm. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, they have a, Dr. Tom Burnett, who we're, we're with, with uh, Regeneration Pittsburgh and Wexford there, and uh, he has uh, Mackenzie there, and she's a neurologist, and she does that stuff. And we're also looking into some other therapeutic ways, because Dr. Burnett's not into the opioids or pills. Uh, no, that's he, good. Stem cell, he does stem cells. Um, That's the actually, future. Actually, Juju was in the other day. So was uh, he? Yeah. So we're doing some pretty cool things. And uh, was he lit? Uh, not that I hey, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, <laughs> Doctor Pet, does some great things. He, uh, he's a, he's an Afghan uh, flight surgeon. He's the one that saved Brandon Rumble. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he yeah, was on the chopper right. when Brandon got blown up and uh, lost both legs. And when they met like five years ago, he said, hey, "Do you have a tattoo on your chest?" It's 1989. And Brandon's like, "Yeah." He's like, yeah, I remember when they hauled you into the into the chopper here. No, wow. oh boy, it it wasn't until then. Until right? oh wow, and it was like we were we were all sitting in the room like, are you serious? And now they're both on the board of directors and great friends, and it's just tremendous stuff. But we're doing some good things with the veterans. We got yeah. a, a gun bash with uh, in October and mm-hmm. all kinds of events. You can check our website at iatw.us. Frankie Frank Canisi, eighteen at heart. Their uh, band's playing. In okay, so, Canisi uh, to cop. Canisi to cop. Nice. Uh, IATW.us Correct. is the website, and uh, there seems to be more awareness than there has been in a long time uh, about the plight of veterans, and that's a great thing. Correct. And uh, largely due to people like yourself who are illuminating uh, the, 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 the fact that uh, you know not everybody is uh, doing so great, and they've done a lot for this country. And uh, here in uh, Western Pennsylvania, you've done unbelievable stuff, man. You well, really thanks. have. You, you've, I cannot, I marvel at how you have been able to attract all these bigwigs to be a part of what you got going on, and then you handle it. Well, well you- I, th- I, think, I think it's because, number one, I'm, I'm not into getting rich and famous, you know. Uh, I was teaching, making a lot more money teaching. And I just, you know, when you're in the brotherhood, being a veteran, you just want to help out. And then you get mm-hmm. attached to these, you know, not just men, but women, and you see what they're going through mentally. And mm-hmm. that's the side of it I wasn't prepared for. So I started taking classes with psychologists and the Pennsylvania State Police. And, you know, and the money stays here. And everybody, you know, I'm very transparent. I've got nothing to hide. I tell people, I'll go back to te- teaching tomorrow. It's no big deal. Yeah. Right. You know, I just want to help out the brotherhood. That's all. Yeah. Well, that's why people are so anxious to help because they see this cause and you communicate it so eloquently and it's just real like it's just so simple it's just such a simple thing that people can give you their resources and give you the help you need to get these guys the help they need we do things totally and there's a lot of other veterans organizations and i'm not in this for a competition at all and i just 
do what we do and we try to do opposite of what everybody else is doing because if you do the same thing everybody else is doing it's not sustainable right so we try to do things that are opposite like our outreach program our hockey program we got three teams now probably got about 75 80 guys signed up and if we get this rank it'll bring more exposure and you know next thing you know we'll get a couple hundred because there's other warrior teams throughout the country like michigan has 294 guys in their organization mm-hmm. minnesota has almost 400 what kind of feedback are you getting from their families? Oh, it's as far as like ho- anything, anything. Because well, that that I mean, that, that's, that's the huge. barometer for you. Oh, without a doubt, and it's huge because I can't tell you the wives, the girlfriends, the parents that have called me. You know, hey, thank you very much for what you've done. You saved my son's life, my daughter's life. Um, to me, that's that's huge, and that's one of the reasons why I do it. Um, you know, there's days, believe me, there's days I'm, I'm thinking, wow, do I really want to do this, but then you get something up upbeat like that like a parent and i had a mm-hmm. wife call me the other day you know and if it wasn't for this hockey team i don't think my husband and i'd be married and just the camaraderie that we we focused on the camaraderie getting together hanging out that's what the guys want they just want to hang out right because in the military you can talk the code like i'm sure bill you've been on military bases they're talking about qrs and fobs and you're sitting <laughs> there going what's that mean <laughs> you know but it, but in the military they know what it is it's the lingo and, and the guys can relate so that's what they like so and there's comfort in that yeah yeah it's just that i don't know how to you know it's just that camaraderie that brotherhood yeah and uh you know some of the board members they get a little hurt by it because they're not a veteran i don't think it personal it's just the way it is because there's five of us on the board that are, are veterans and it's just the way it is. It's nothing personal. They're like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, though. Are you talking about what me? What does FOB? Yeah. What does QRF What mean? did you call me? What did you call me? A QRF? SOB. <laughs> you call me an FOB. Steve Montleon from It's About the Warrior. Uh, give what you can, and it all goes to a great cause. IATWF.US. And the David Allen Fashion Show goes on September 21st. Tickets on sale right now at eventbrite.com, and we'll link it for you at the morning show page, dve.com. Fellas, good to see you. Hey, thanks for having right me. Right on. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, Pirates still waiting to see the real Chris Archer, or at least the Chris Archer they thought they had traded for. Another one nothing loss last night. Archer started and uh, lasted only four innings against Atlanta. It wasn't pitching that got him knocked out early. It was uh, a swing he took upon which he screwed himself into the ground and wound up experiencing left leg discomfort, as the Pirates like to put it. Any injury is discomfort. That's what happens when you try to swing for the fences and you're not a a hitter. Yeah, he's a little guy and he tried to uh, (laughs) crank it up and it didn't work out well. Uh, His night was less than uh, what the Pirates would perceive his top end to be on the mound as well. He probably could have gone another inning had he not uh, experienced that discomfort, but maybe just one more. Archer threw 75 pitches in four innings. And uh, another one of those tough luck nights that we were talking a little bit about yesterday. Braves were hitting some pretty good pitches. Breaking stuff, lowing in. It wasn't like he was hanging a lot of stuff or grooving it right down the middle. But uh, five hits allowed in his four innings and one walk, just three strikeouts. He suffers the loss because he gave up a run in the top of the first, and that's all Atlanta needed. Pirates lose one to nothing for the third time in the last five games. They have given up one run and just one run in the last five games, and they've won two of those. Wasn't a home run this time. No, at least it wasn't a solo shot. Starling Marte uh, was benched by manager Clint Hurdle. The uh, fallout from his not hustling on a couple of ground balls and also 
failing to get himself in a rundown after making a base-running mistake on third base on Sunday. Marte pinch hit and grounded out. Pirates fall to 63-63. and 63. They are nine back up, nine and a half, excuse me, behind the Cubs in the NL Central Division and six out in the wild card chase. Uh, they lose last night to 20-year-old rookie for the Braves. Wilson. Reese Wilson called up so that Atlanta could give itself uh, a respite for the starting pitching staff. The same move the Pirates tried on August the 10th in San Francisco. Wilson also uh, had a chance to get his first big league hit, but he was thrown out from right field by Gregory Polanco. So yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it was uh, a little positive amid what was another frustrating night for the Pirates. They've got Atlanta again tonight. Kevin Gosman. Uh, who the Pirates hit pretty well when he used to pitch for the Orioles. He'll be opposed by Ivan Nova. Gosman 7-9, 4.22 ERA. Nova 7-7, seven seven, 4.26. Steelers had the day off yesterday. They'll be back on the practice field today on the south side as they get ready for preseason game number three, Saturday afternoon against Tennessee. We have been uh, revisiting today some of the comments General Manager Kevin Colbert made when he appeared a week ago Tonight on Live from Latrobe here on DVE, Bob Labriola and I did that show, as we always do at training camp. Uh, Kevin Colbert talking this hour about Mike Tomlin's reputation as a player's coach and how that should not be interpreted as meaning that Tomlin is uh, just too soft on the players. Art Ronnie Jr. just went in the Steelers Hall of Honor, always gives us little postcards with different sayings on it. He, I saved one where he says his father taught him, don't mistake kindness for weakness. And you see Coach Tomlin having fun with the players, coaching them. Sometimes people think that's an issue and certainly isn't because he gets the most out of them on a practice field in a situation because they compete with themselves. One of the things Marquise Pouncey has told me, he said, Coach tells us all the time, if we're worried about rules, we're not a very good football team. We all have things we have to abide by, whether it be the league or the organization or just common sense. What Coach does, the people don't really give him credit for. He gives these guys opportunities to be men. And quite honestly, sometimes they're a little immature and sometimes they don't do things to his expectations, to our expectations, because they're still young men and they make mistakes. But Coach gives them that opportunity to look. I'm going to treat you like a pro. I'm going to treat you like a man. I expect you to respond. Most times they do, and the times they don't, he certainly addresses it. And uh, when he does address it, uh, Kevin Colbert said that uh, the Mike Tomlin disciplining of players is not always public. That doesn't mean it doesn't occur. There's no question. He conducts business where it needs to be handled, and he'll put out what he needs to put out. But, again, if you've been in any of his meetings uh, with the players when he's talking about anything, be it football or off-field issues, he commands a great respect. And trust me, the players, they get it. Alabama number one in the preseason Associated Press top 25 college football poll. Penn State checks in at number 10. And WVU is number 17. Penn State, West Virginia, and Pitt play next weekend. How about that? It's back. Oh, I'm pumped. Especially for Pitt, Penn State. That's fun. Yeah, that's going to be in a couple of weeks at Heinz Field. That, By the uh, way, we're talking about you going to Cleveland uh, for the uh, Steelers-Browns game after Pitt, Penn State. Yes. And I mentioned Ubering. 
and we looked up how much it would be to Uber from Heinz Field to Cleveland, and it was $180. In a regular car? In a regular car. 275 in an XL if you wanted to put a couple other uh, lugs in there with you. If you want to do it, you got to do the XL, right? 275. I don't know. That's, you don't want to be driving up there in a Fiesta. $100 difference for a 90-minute drive, you know. There's some options. Can just. How bad do you want it? It's still hard to. It's still. I've gotten into Uber a little bit more and more as as time has gone on here, but it's still hard for me to really trust it. Why? Well, because it's it's not a a set thing. You know, you you have to turn your phone on and see where the cars are, and they have to actually come. It, it's it's not, a set thing. As yeah, soon as they, you say they can just blow you off at no, their whim. Yeah, but they don't. There's really. other cars out there. Yeah, but. It, you could get left hanging is what I'm saying. I don't know how many cars would pick up that fare. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a that's a four-hour drive. Then they got to find somebody in Cleveland that wants to come back to Pittsburgh. But they make Todd four- Haley. <laughs> TH, think, you need a ride back? I'm I, going back to the North Shore. I think he wanted to come back after the first coaches meeting. We got a bunch of guys who haven't done bleep, not doing bleep. Is that tonight, episode three? Yes. Hard Knocks? Oh, boy. Can't wait. That's pretty fun to watch. It's so good. He's clearly going to be the new coach of the Browns. Well, I think what we've seen... Hugh Jackson has no idea what he's doing. What we've seen in the first two episodes, it's uh, Todd Haley and uh, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, trying to position themselves as the interim guy. It's not going to be Greg Williams. Greg Williams is the biggest a-hole on the squad. He's not saying something. Yeah. He could give Joe Madden a run for his money. (laughs) If I'm going to Pitt, Penn State, I'm not going to be drinking uh, Diet Cokes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. yeah. You could Uber up there. I bet the Uber isn't oh, that's that expensive. Prob- Yo, that's not expensive at all, right? I bet you it's could check it out right hour now. Drive. Can I tell the guy not to talk for the entirety of the ride? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but it might not work. Because if I get you somebody that's yapping word. for two and a half hours, that's, you know. I'm going to beat him like bucks a rented mule. mule. <laughs> Why do you beat the rented mule? Well, because you don't know. it's it. not yours. It's yeah, not yours. you don't care what happens yeah. to it. That yeah. much I know. You know. Does Mike Lang still use beat him like a rented mule? Yeah. Yeah. No one rents mules anymore, Mike. Thank God we all own mules. Now You're checking that Uber things. thing, are you? This is an interesting idea. I'm going to look at it here in the break. I'm going to go to you commercial break. Come back. Rent a mule. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Faster! Faster! The pregame show starts! Just make sure you beat it with a baby seal. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. $180 to Uber. To, to uh, Cleveland. Not that's, bad. That's not bad at all. Well, that I was, just don't know who would take that fare, though. You, you can't do it during surge pricing, though. You right. know? And if you're an Uber driver, like I'm thinking of this, if I'm a driver, okay, 180 bucks, that's great. But unless I find somebody in Cleveland that wants to come back to Pittsburgh, it's right. two hours I'm off the clock. But the drives are usually set up so that you make money for the drive there and back. Why, do, why, oh, really? why doesn't he just hire a driver? Who is he? Is is uh, Gardellan Billy Gardell uh, joining us again? This time from Orlando. Cash, cash, cash. So we're trying to figure out how to get Pursuta from the Pitt Penn State game to the Browns game the next day, where he has to work. Now the easy solution is Bill Hillgrove, because Bill Hillgrove has to work the Pitt Penn State game and then get to to uh, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he has arrangements. Two carpool, so, or or split the cost of a driver. Yeah. Right. So Go but, halfsies. 
I I suggested the Uber. It was $180 to Uber from Heinz Field to Cleveland. 180 Yeah. And that's they're going to pay you that. Huh? No, Randy's not driving. I'm not, I'm not an Uber driver no, yet, I mean Bill. To, it, they got to pay you to go to Cleveland. Never mind. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. I got you. I was down at the pier. I had my ticket. The boat went right by. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw you got stuck uh, flying down there yesterday. You, yeah, you didn't have a direct flight from Pittsburgh to Orlando? No, because oh. I fly Delta everywhere I go. So and, you went uh, through Atlanta. I went through Atlanta. <laughs> Exactly you deserve it. Me. You should have Ubered, Bill. I, I could. It was it was 190. Yeah, I didn't have it on me. <laughs> I uh, I got down to Atlanta, and we had one of them days where you get on the plane, and then they go, "It's going to be about uh, 20 minutes before we push back," and then it was, "It's going to be about." Uh, <laughs> 35 more minutes before we push back. We're going to have to uh, get off the plane. And <laughs> everybody was just, uh, in, you know, people just irate. And, you know, it was a mechanical problem. You know, I okay, I'm getting off the plane. You know, I'm, what are you going to do? What What is Matt going to do? There was a woman that was losing her mind about the fact she was going to be late. And I'm, lady, do you want to fly with a busted wire in there? Is that what you want to... What do you think is going to happen? Do you want to just push it? How important is your cosmetics meeting or your whatever corporate meeting? You know what I mean? So, and then then there was the, the... I don't know when... the airport became mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom... But my God, the animals! It was it was as if we were getting off the ark. There were just animals <laughs> two everywhere. Two by two. It was a two by two, Bill. There were elephants. There were snakes. There were giraffes. <laughs> I, I actually saw a woman with a dog as, 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 about a week ago. We were flying, and as we're taking off, the dog's flipping out, and she's calming the dog down. And I said, you need to take that jacket off that dog and put it on because you're calming him down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I spent I'm his, my birthday I'm his the therapy airport, owner. And then I finally got uh, I finally got down to Florida, and uh, and I got to my dad's house, and, uh, and we were watching James Bond Spectre last night. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. terminal did you get stuck in in, in Atlanta? <laughs> I was stuck in uh, I, I landed D or B. In, I, I landed in A, but I, my plane went out of B. Yeah. Two huh. different gates at B, so it wasn't that bad because that one's been remodeled. Yeah, that's got the Intermezzo Cafe there. I always uh, go there. Will gets uh, or not? Well, Joe gets very excited. Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills because there's a Popeyes chicken yes. in there. Right. He gets very very excited. He goes, "Bell, <laughs> are we landing in B?" <laughs> Can we get that Popeyes on the way to the plane? Yep. And I go, yes, Joe, we can. B terminal is the, the that's the best one in that's Atlanta. The one, exactly. yeah. I I always go to the one. It's called Intermezzo or something. It's like a bookstore. Yeah, very cool place. Because then you that's can just right kind of hide the, out that's there. Right in that's right in the crosshairs, right in the middle part. Yeah, exactly. The, yep. That airport is like its own city, a city that no one wants to live in. Well, yeah, it's like it's like a city that's constantly under construction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. There's always like a lady playing the violin well or something. Pen dot jackets out there in the middle, going go round, go round. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, wasn't that the airport that happened? Actually, it happened at Popeyes where somebody was accused of being racist. That was Bo Bice, wasn't it? Yeah, Bo Bice. What happened? Well, Bo Bice went to the Popeyes in the B terminal in Atlanta, and the girls working the counter said, "This white boy want chicken," and uh, he hated that she called him a white boy, and so he went off on this uh, rant calling her racist and everything, and then he 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 cried on camera over it. It was a really oh, ugly, stupid, God. and unnecessary. Yeah, you know what? You should be sent home from the airport. Go home. <laughs> He's like, in fairness to the woman, I was the only white boy in line. (laughs) But still. But but for a guy to act like that, like you're a grown-up, go go home. You're not ready to be out in public. (laughs) You, You just haven't done well. You haven't you haven't learned the rules. You got to go home. You got to take the mega bus until you figure this out. That's right. <laughs> You've been relegated to the bus. Let's Work go. your way up to the bigs. Yeah, my thing too at the airport is I I think there should be a send them home rule. I do. <laughs> no, I do. There might I not do. be anybody left in the airport. If you have, if well, that's fine, Val, because then the rest of us can get where we're going. I, I don't know how in this day and age you're walking through TSA with a 30-gallon drum of hand cream. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What, what paper haven't you read? <laughs> you don't know it's three ounces. How do you not know that? You don't know that? No, no you have to go home. You have to go home. You have to go home. you got to go home. You're not ready for this. And then there's even some incentive just behaviorally to, to act right because then you could also get sent home. Just act right. And then here's the other thing, man. Look, when, when you're boarding, if you're not in the first group, sit down. <laughs> right. You need a guy in, like, with a Pittsburgh accent saying that. If you're in group four, sit down until they call group four. The boarding process is literally going to get to the point where they give us all red sashes and then they're going to fire a starter's pistol and we're all going to run at the plane. That's what's coming. Sorry, it was a long day in the airport yesterday. Yeah, but like, the other one is people jumping up on the plane. As soon as, you know, like it lands and they try to run, like they're going to beat everybody to the front when they're in row 15. Yeah, just wait. We'll all get out. Sit down. Just for The the one exception is if you are being made to miss your connection because the flight was late. And I think there should be a rule. That's another thing. Like, if you're in the back, say you're in row 23, because I've been through this, right? If you're in 23 and you land late and you got 10 minutes, they should make an announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Where they go, all right, now listen, we're late. Okay, raise your hand if your connection is under 20 minutes. Right. Everybody raises their hands. They go, okay, now Yins get up front. The rest of you, sit Yes, down. right. Sit down. <laughs> I know. I don't know. We don't know how to act. Oh, no. We don't know how to act. No one knows how to act. We got to go back to finishing school. Yeah. The, the we thing- got to go back to elementary school in, in, in Pittsburgh because those teachers taught me how to act. The thing that blows me away, and and you see this in airports a lot now and on planes, is the people who FaceTime instead of just doing a phone call. Yeah. No, they I, need to hold it and look at the person like they're on Star Trek or something. Like, it's a nice feature, don't get me wrong, but we all don't need to hear your conversation. No, O'Connell, it, what, what makes his skin crawl, Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills, what <laughs> makes him nuts is if, if, if someone's talking on the phone, on the speaker, like it's a walkie-talkie, oh. you know that one? Yeah. Or yeah. if they're watching a video with the, the noise up, like while we're at, in, in the plane. So what he does now is he, he always asks for extra headphones whenever we fly, you know, the ones that they give you. Yeah. 
And so he keeps like 10 of them on him at all times. <laughs> and then when he sees somebody doing that, he just hands him a package. He goes, here you go. <laughs> They're not even compatible with the phone, but I, I don't tell him that yes. because I think it's funny. Yeah, he's had phone claws. <laughs> there you go. You didn't get one of these, did you? You got here. You put those in your ears, I'll just be you and that guy. How about that? <laughs> huh? That's science. You know, because I'm not watching the show you're watching, so I don't right. know where it is in the season. Yeah, what are you, in episode five? That's like a spoiler alert. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Val's got a news update for you right now. Billy Gardell hanging out with us live from Orlando on TV. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. For 11. It's 73 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. <coughs> a nationwide survey is naming Pittsburgh as the most livable city in the continental U.S. Oh. Uh, Honolulu, number one overall. Wait a minute. What did we get named? So, uh, most, livable most livable city in the continental U.S. We're number one? We're number two, Bill. We made the list. We're oh, behind shit. Honolulu. <laughs> you either live in Honolulu <laughs> or my Lebanon. The annual livability survey out yesterday ranked cities based on culture, education, healthcare, infrastructure, and stability, which involves crime and civil unrest. Pittsburgh came in at number 32 worldwide, and yesterday about we talked that. about Vienna being number one overall. How about that? I mean, it's real nice. Don't Honolulu, get me wrong. the only place better. But I don't I mean, believe that this is uh, actually uh, realistic. Well, I mean, the cost of living here, people just can't get over it. If you come from any city like mm-hmm. New York, Boston, yes. D.C., you're like, they're, they're charging what? That's I it? Will, I will say this. Every time I'm back home, like, I've, you know, I buy a lot of dinners for people in Los Angeles and Chicago and those places I'm working in business. When I come home and I take someone out to eat there, it I, I honest to God, want to go to the waitress. I, I think you forgot some stuff. <laughs> you, you left some items off the list or this is uh, something's wrong here. Do you comp a couple entrees or what happened? Yeah, here? That's what I'm saying. Did you not charge us for those Brussels sprouts? Because <laughs> this is about a hundred bucks shy of what it should be. You know what? You guys gave us two baskets of bread. Charge us for that. <laughs> I just think the weather alone would 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 knock it down the list. Like you nothing to say about right? cost of living. People, you know, the things yeah. we love about Pittsburgh are obvious, but the, the things that would knock it down would be weather related. Yes. Especially this summer. Yeah. Well, it's this summer has the just, flooding. It's just been, yeah, you need an arc. It's like a rainforest. Mm-hmm. Uh, a recent trending post on Reddit asked female users a great question about sleepwear for the sexes. Said, women of Reddit, while you have lingerie, what can men wear to look sexy in the bedroom? A hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Bundle up. Uh, Men enjoy the female body. Women have to endure the male body. <laughs> they have to endure it. Some of the more popular responses, just boxers or boxer briefs, not tidy whities It can't be boxer no, briefs can't. if you've got the muffin top creeping out over the top. No, you can't. Listen, after, after 10 or 11, it's boxers. That's it. Age 10 or 11? Yeah. Or, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, you sure in, maybe meant. even 13, 14, you put your boxers on. That's all. Stop. Don't well, stop. like Bill said, if if you don't have like a huge gut, 
you can do the boxer briefs, but the second you're spilling out over the top of that, it just look you, you look like real a dumb. so then what do like you like a flabby yeah, ice cream yeah, cone like walking I, around? If I put boxer briefs on, I'll I'll look like there's a pressure problem. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I have boxers on and my necklace, I can come out looking like anybody's dad. That's fine. <laughs> Nothing was also on the list. No. That's aggressive. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this was that. a strange answer. I can't answer. wear nothing to bed because I'm scared if there's an earthquake that I'm just going to look like Baby New Year running down the street <laughs> in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. It's the Michelin baby. <laughs> I, look like, I look like that Michelin man at the end of Ghostbusters. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I thought of the most simple thing, a harmless thing from my childhood. Just jeans? <laughs> Which, what do you do when what? you're wearing jeans in the bedroom? Unless you're changing clothes. Wait, if you're wearing jeans in the bedroom, what to do? I'd explain that, Val. No, this is what can men wear to look sexy in the bedroom? Just jeans was one of the answers, which I said makes no sense. Like, unless you're changing your clothes, why are you just wearing jeans? Hey, just thought I'd jump into bed with you with my Wranglers. <laughs> I put on your jeans. See, now, if I did that, I'm like, hey, I need a little help. Now, can you help me get one of these button flies up? It's pushing, and I'm pretty sure it's going to cut out my appendix. I know a guy that did that. He uh, had a hookup, and uh, the next morning he tried to escape and just, like, you know, get out. Sneak out. You sneak out, and he put on her jeans and left. Oh, wow. They fit. Hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. Interesting. That's sad. Tries to go in the pockets. He's like, oh, these are Jordache jeans. There's no pockets. <laughs> yep. Are there still Jordache jeans? Do they still make those? I don't know. I don't know. No, uh, I and also, uh, one other answer, just out of the shower, fresh with a towel slung low on the hips. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a romance novel. Slung low on the hips. Excuse me, is, uh, do you know if there's another towel dispensary around here? This one doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, this it doesn't matter, dude, be because like, once you know someone you, well enough, none got, of that stuff. Like, do, you, do you got another towel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a beach one? I need like two. Uh, this probably not a surprise to parents. They were asked when their kids started rebelling and doing their own thing. On average, what do you think it is, uh, dads in the group? What age do kids start to rebel and do their own thing? Rebel. Teenage. Uh, four, 14. 13. 14. Yeah. 13. That's when most parents yeah. said they started having trouble keeping tabs on their kids and had to start guessing if they were up to anything dangerous or bad. One in 10 parents said that kind of stuff started at 10. Well, I tell you, I think back back in our day it was a little bit easier because right. uh, there wasn't as much secretive stuff going on. Now you you got to make sure that you don't have a little Manchurian candidate and you don't know it. You know what I mean? You got to. Right. So I don't even know what's happening. I just come in and I'm like, "You still sane?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> you haven't joined any cults, right? Yeah. You didn't give out the credit card number on the internet to anyone, <laughs> did you? No. You haven't bought any weapons, right? No. All right, good. Go back to what you were doing. Is he on the phone yet, Bill? Does he have his own phone? Yeah, he's phoned up. He's all. He's Will is full on NORAD. He's got a phone. <laughs> he's got a, the the PS4, and he's got the computer. So he's, he's it's it's like NORAD in his room. Because that's that's what I'm nervous about. Just monitoring their. Well, uh, I got one of those little apps. Use. No, they got apps for that. So that you see everything he does. 
Yeah, you got a little bit of connection. My sister does that. My sister little, tells little big me brother in there. That's all. My sister tells me all of her daughter's conversations with her friends. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious. She's like, and then this one. So they're going back and forth, and I'm like, you know, this is like a huge invasion in privacy. She's like, they know I can see it. They're doing it out in the open. Long as Snowden doesn't snitch me out, I but, should be good. But a lot of it is on their Finsta, which is what like is the, that? what's Finsta? That's like the the secret the secret Insta account that they well, all have. Gonna have a little bit of that, you know what I mean? That's, all the kids have a regular Instagram, yeah, and then they got the, the the friend yeah. only one that yeah. is like, "This is my actual Insta." Yeah. See, yeah. my daughter's still in the clouds. Like last night, we were walking her friend back up to her house, and she said, "Have you guys ever heard of Fifty Cent?" I said, eh, "She's not hanging out with that girl anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, sweetheart. Enjoy your time. <laughs> we're moving. Back <laughs> <laughs> the car. Sixty percent of parents with kids between thirteen and eighteen said controlling them is a lot harder than it used to be. One of the top things parents of teenagers start to worry about first. And I don't believe this. Are they eating healthy? You know, I obsess about that with my son because I don't want him to go through what I went through. And I certainly am trying to take care of myself now, but always too late. I was never good at it. The irony is I would have never been on TV with my role if I hadn't been big. However, now i got to take care of it, and, and now it's urgent. And I keep telling Will, you, you got to do that. you got to take care of your baby. Nothing else matters. You know, when you're in a hospital and you can't get a breath, it doesn't matter if your bank account's loaded and you got a nice car. None of that matters. So I keep preaching it to him, man. Please get it now. Understand now you got to take care of yourself. It's not funny. you got to do it now. You gotta do it now. It was it, it was a little funny though when you what you said to the girls when we had lunch. You said, "Girls, what I said to them, you said, girls, you gotta pace yourself.' Because Kennedy said, "Oh my God, I love bread." And he oh, that's said, right. You really gotta pace yourself because I ate all the bread. Yeah. And now <laughs> I, I can't I, have I bread anymore. Kennedy, I go, I ate all the bread I'm allowed to have. <laughs> I go, eat half now and half later. I go, I'm, I have nothing. I'm not allowed to touch bread. Now. She asked me later, is there, is there an end amount I'm allowed to have? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you keep her, eating them rolls. You tell, You'll her, find yes. out. <laughs> tell her that's ticking off right now. Yes. So choose wisely. Worrying about your kids eating healthy quickly gives way to worrying about sex and drugs pretty fast. Uh, it found the most common health-related arguments parents and teenagers have include eating more fruits and vegetables, drinking less pop, eating too many sweets, and not wanting to sit down for family dinners. The family dinner thing's tough, man. That's that's tough these days, and and I force it. I force the issue about. When I'm home, we uh, probably about three, four times, three, three, three to four times a week. If we're having a good week, I make them sit at the table. And that's know, pretty good. Yeah, it's well. Now it was a fight to get it done, but then after we got in the rhythm, it it started to be natural again. You know, because every, you know, if you got to put the phones down, you have to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Want to know what happened in your day? How you doing? What's going on at school? You know what I mean? And then I give him some advice, and Patty goes, that's completely wrong. Pass the potatoes. <laughs> See, I'm with the girls from pickup till dinner, so by the time dinner comes around, I'm like, let's just eat in front of the TV. I'm sick of talking. You know what, those two, and what's good about being around them for a long time is they forget you're there. If you just, as a parent, be quiet, like when Will's with his buddies, you know, 
Mm-hmm. But if you just if you're driving them somewhere or something, you're just you're like the Uber guy. You don't realize what they don't realize what they're saying in front of you. So if you just be quiet, you get information. That's right. Forecast and today. also that app. You got to have that app. You get that app, bro. Showers and thunderstorms possible. Some of those storms, it could be severe with flooding and uh, strong winds. Temperatures around 80 for the high at 74 at DVE. More with Billy Gardell coming up. Mike Pursuta has your sports when we return on DVE. DVE Sports. DVE Morning Show. I, it's Vicroy. I, I think I always said Viceroy because I'm an oh, idiot. This is... thought it was spelled V-I-C-K on this. That's uh, how I've been saying it. Well, regardless, that notwithstanding, Billy Gardell on the line right now from Orlando, Florida. And Billy, uh, we uh, did not uh, say hello to someone that we needed to uh, make sure we, uh, we yes. g- gave some love to yesterday. Thank so. you so very much. I want to say hello and thank you to Helen Hamlin, who is 82 years old and listens to DVE and listens to me on on DVE every Tuesday. Uh, she was she's friends with uh, friends of Kanesi the cop, and she knitted me a black and gold blanket, like one of those like now you lay on the couch, eat a bowl of soup, and watch Columbo blankets. Nice little They're Afghan, magical Ma- Afghan. That's the one I'm looking for, Bill. She knitted this in eight days. Wow! Did that. Whoa! And uh, and 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 gave it to me, and and I'm Helen. Thank you so very much, sweetheart. I really appreciate it, and thank you for listening to DVE, and thank you for listening to my nonsense. And God bless you, and thank you for my blanket. As soon as it gets cold enough, I will put that to use with an episode of Columbo. <laughs> How awesome not is for that? Nothing, but it gets kind of cold in my house too. If you're listening, you know what I mean. Cause you got years to go now. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Helen. Well, Building, you got to share next time I'm over your house. Well, I'll let you use that. Have <laughs> O'Connell come back. You want me to break that in for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, then it's gonna just smell like. Me, yeah, you're not gonna want it fast. Yeah, smell like eggs. a Connell forever. eggs on that. <laughs> That's like my friend whose dog used to sleep on his Afghan all the time, and an Afghan would smell like his dog forever. You'd be like, here, sleep with this. And I'd be like, you know, dude, it smells funny. like cookie. It's okay if it's your dog. You know what I mean? No, I know. But it's not your dog. It smells like a dog. Yeah. Helen's doesn't, though. Thanks, no, Helen, for thank you, Helen. the dogless blanket. You're the best, Helen. I'll play some Helen wheels for you later. <laughs> Little uh, McCartney in that. McCartney. Mike Pursuit has got a sports update for us. Von Nova gets the ball for the Pirates tonight. Box. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. On he's, cue. He's done pretty well since coming off the disabled list of 5-3 and three with a 3.63 ERA. His last time out uh, Thursday night uh, was his 23rd start of the season. He lost one nothing to John Lester and the Cubs. So he ought to feel right at home because the Pirates are coming off another one nothing loss. This one to the Atlanta Braves last night at PNC. Third time in the last five games, the Pirates have lost one to nothing. Box. That's uh, got to be some it's weird tough. record. Well, they, according to MLB.com, Rand, they're the seventh team since 1908 to allow just one run in five consecutive games, and they are the second team since 1908 to lose at least three of those only one run allowed games. This It, it almost defies description. Yes. Yeah, 
And last night they came real close to scoring uh, at least once. But uh, Adani Echeverria was thrown out at home plate by inches by Ender Inciarte of Atlanta. And that uh, preserved the Braves' one nothing lead. They are struggling at the plate, and uh, there's not much anybody seems to be able to do about it. Last night, the Pirates were inept enough that 20-year-old rookie Bryce Wilson called up up by Atlanta to make his major league debut so that the Braves could uh, collectively rest their starting staff. Wilson was able to go five innings, allowed just three hits. He did walk three, but no runs, and he struck out five. Chris Archer only lasted four innings for the Pirates. He gave up five hits in an earned run, but he... Screwed himself into the ground on a mighty swing. I guess figuring, hey, nobody else is going to score for me. I might as well try to hit a home run. <laughs> uh, he ended up with uh, left leg discomfort. I've had that after hitting the cages. <laughs> Just going in there and swinging it's for the left fences. Left leg discomfort? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're swinging like an idiot. Because you you're not a hitter. You know, like the pitchers. They, they're not hitters. I'm no. surprised that wasn't Steve Blass's analysis last night. You know, he's swinging like an idiot there, Greg. I think actually it was Joe Block working with Steve last night. It might have been. He yeah. uh, he did swing like an idiot, and yeah. uh, he's out of the game. Pirates are 63-63. and 63, Nine and a half behind the Cubs in the division and six out in the wild card chase. Oh, fuck. <laughs> College football's first uh, AP Top 25 poll of the season includes Penn State at number 10 and West Virginia at number 17. Alabama received 42 out of 61 first-place votes. The story here is not that Alabama received 42 out of 61 first-place votes. It's that only 42 first-place votes were cast for Alabama. How could you possibly vote for anybody else? I don't know. I'm not saying Alabama's a lock to go undefeated and win it all, but at the starting point, yeah, I'd say they're probably the most likely number one, without a doubt. Yeah, they're they're like the they're the the Yankees or the Patriots, right? I mean, in college football, yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely. It's not yeah. guaranteed, but if you got to pick one to start as the starting point, that's the one. I don't care who left; they got an army of five stars waiting to play. Right. I got a coach who knows how to do this. Uh, Always. That's uh, that's where we start. Alabama number one. I used to hate him, and now I've I've come all the way around on how unbelievably impressive it is. Oh, I, you can do both. Oh, I can. Yeah. All right. Well, then I reserve that right. You could say he's done a really impressive job, and he's a jerk. Um, I think I, both statements are accurate as they relate to Nick Saban. How much of it is recruiting that he's able to do because he built the dynasty so long ago? Because he has three quarterbacks. Always, that could start anywhere in the country. But what people forget is they weren't this when he got there. Well, no, I know that. That's yeah, what he, I was asking: is when did that? Like, that's how much the of it is? Part. Now it's just sort of running itself. I yeah. think. Um, like, do you want to play for Alabama? Well, you're going to be our third quarterback, but that's better being better than me in the first quarterback anywhere else. Here's my invitation of a Nick Saban recruiting trip: you, 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 and you. Come here. They put a backup in in the national championship game. Because he's yeah, like, right. yeah, I'm okay with this. Pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, that, uh, that move. It's unbelievable. Was, that move was astounding. <laughs> and then the kid's unbelievable. Like, pretty good, yeah. yeah. So good that, you know, now it's... Now uh, it's up in the air. It's crazy. That's why I'm going down there this year. To Bama for what game? Texas A&M. 
It's the Saturday before the Steelers' Monday night game in Tampa. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Got a little bucket list trip figured it's out. It's a great call. My brother-in-law and his, uh, his childhood friends every year pick one game, and they root for the home team. And they'll go like, you know, just they try to pick like a big college football matchup, and they go. And he said that that was, of all the ones they've done so far, that was the the most incredible experience. The deepest, they went to uh, Alabama-Auburn. Deepest South, oh, that's I've the been one is, I want to go uh, to. Tennessee. Got to go a little deeper. And that's, as Bill just said, they're like the Yankees now. I mean, that's just, with this run Alabama is on, this is the epicenter of the college football world. So mm-hmm. I'm going to underneath some barbecue, drink whatever they drink, and uh, yo, roll tide a whole bunch of times. Roll yeah. tide. I mean, look, don't forget, before Saban, the Mike Price debacle, still one of the funniest. Roll tide, roll. Yeah. It's rolling, baby. It's rolling. Guy got fired before he ever got to coach because he got busted in a prostitution ring. Also, for, like falsifying his records or something like that but the prostitution thing was apparently uh <laughs> she yelled in the midst of their lovemaking roll tide roll and he yelled back it's rolling baby it's rolling i don't know how that made its way to public wow <laughs> but we're certainly thankful but i am did. very thankful that it, yeah because i'll never forget that dude speaking of that bamba trip let me ask you this i need a call this won't necessarily Houndstooth. be binding but uh, nah uh, I'm thinking I'm not really a Bama fan or non-fan, just you know, All right. just going to go. Being that I'm coming from where I'm coming from, should I uh, get myself a Bama number twelve jersey and honor the great Joe Willie Namath, or should I just kind of go neutral and? No, I, I, if I were you, I'd go get a high school jersey from uh, Bear Falls. B- yeah, that's an idea. That's an idea. Because that way, only the true. Joe Namath fans will know what's know, up, and yeah. you don't have to feel like you're you're being Plain, too much of a uh, sucking up. Yeah. yeah. Although, good luck getting a high school jersey. I don't know. You guys probably be pretty weird to get that around here. Yeah, they don't sell those things. You don't think they're available? Nah, probably not. You're gonna have to steal one, Mike. <laughs> I'll, I'll, let's drop a plot from an '80s movie to make it happen. <laughs> Last but not least, the Ohio State Board of Trustees has uh, a meeting scheduled for Wednesday morning to discuss personnel matters. They want him out, man. Head coach Urban Meyer was placed on administrative leave August 1st. I think the uh, purpose of this meeting Wednesday is going to be to decide on uh, whether to get a new football coach or opt for urban renewal. Hey, there it is. Hey, I see what you did there. Billy Ardell with us from Orlando. More with Billy when we return on DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, and our friend Billy Gardell live from Orlando. Gosh. Gosh. Bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry you got stuck there yesterday in the Atlanta airport. I, I The same thing happened to me that. not long ago. I had a uh, four and a half hour sit on a tarmac waiting to come to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so the lady from the airline called me the next day. Two days later. I mean, yeah, it was the next day because I was tweeting about it. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Delta. And yeah. She called me the next day and she goes, <laughs> hey, by the way, and this is after I had like kind of like railed for a little bit. I go, look, I, this is not you. This is not personal. I'm just saying they couldn't get their pilots there. I'm like, this is your hub. You should have lots of pilots in the hub. 
Call the bullpen. Yeah, you and they get a lefty right, in there. Yeah, they, it, it, and they left a lot of people on there with their kids, and it was like a dinner time thing, and nobody could, you know what I mean? It was just a disaster. And she's like, uh, and then I said, "Look, this isn't personal. Sorry, I'm I, I'm just blowing off steam, and it's obviously not you. It's at your company, which I think is horrible." And she goes, "Well, hey, not for nothing, but I used to live in Pittsburgh." And I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah. And I go, well, imagine a plane full of people from Pittsburgh. (laughs) And none of them have eaten. And you guys keep going 15 minutes. Yeah. And it goes for four and a half hours that way. She's like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you're not going to talk about this on the radio, are you? No, nah, uh-uh. not, not not this minute. I wouldn't do that, hon. <laughs> Haven't you raged against the Delta machine many times? Previously? United was the one oh, I used to really. A, I gotta say, through all the delays, and I'm still a fan of Delta. People don't like Southwest. I love Southwest. No, I don't like Southwest. I don't like United. I take American if I have to. But I stick with Delta mostly. I uh, I like Southwest, but the uh, uh, rare occasion happens that really pisses me off with Southwest, where somebody is riding Southwest for the first time, and, and they, they don't, don't get it. Get it. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? We just go in there and pick? You can't run an airline like this. And they're like, you know, screaming about it while you're waiting in line. It's like, look, we already bought into this. We know yeah, it's right. not that bad, okay? Settle down. Well, they get on and they probably see window and aisle taken the whole way back. Oh, yeah, I love that little dance, Nothing too. Nothing but middles. <laughs> where you get, like, that Terminator stare where you're, like, you know, putting your laser on the seats. <laughs> <laughs> middle, 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 middle. Aisle, ding, ding, ding. And you kind of, like, <laughs> haul ass down to 17 C. Whenever, whenever, I, uh, whenever I do fly Southwest, I, I hop it from Burbank to Vegas sometimes. Yep. I will pay whatever the charge is to get in that A group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can pay to upgrade. I, I can't. Well, no, but I can't be in the middle thing. I'm too big. So I got to be I got to be in that A group so I can catch an aisle. Would you rather be able to lean back or have more more leg room? Leg room. I got to lean back. No, I'm, with, I'm with you on the leg room, Bill. Leg room. Yeah, leg room. Is I got to lean back. I love JetBlue, but they just don't fly enough places. <laughs> From Pittsburgh. They got the newest planes. You know, I mean, it just feels like that's, they got well, like, Dunkin' Donut coffee. four of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I keep expanding my circle of how long I'm willing to drive. Yeah, right. Because I hate flying so much. I do too. I had to. I, I had to fly <clears throat> private once. I, I was I was doing a big. I had a big gig, and I was in I was in Memphis doing. Uh, it, was, it was a very Colonel Parker moment. I, I was playing Colonel Parker <laughs> down in Memphis, and the only way that the studio would let me do the gig is if I took a private plane, so I could be guaranteed to be back in time the next morning for seven a.m shooting so i had to fly out on saturday do the show then after the show have the private jet fly me back and uh i i paid for that out of my own pocket and then i i started the conversation with patty like you know what and she goes never again (laughs) she goes never again you're not paying that kind of money (laughs) but i would do it if i could (laughs) it's like a secret world (laughs) you just drive up to the plane they put your bag in the plane. You're in the plane. You fly. It's quiet. There's no problems. You fly back. It's a, it's 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 a ridiculous amount of money, but 
as much as you fly, you think, boy, if I could, if I could talk my wife into this, I would do it. But oh my God! There's it, no way. It's a lot of money. She's like, you're never doing that. No, no. It's like five. <laughs> it was five grand from Memphis to where did I go? Where was the gig? Houston and back. That's pretty cheap. I thought it was a pretty good deal. For a private plane? For, yeah. yeah. I would think. Do you get any uh, miles with that or points or anything? You get nothing, Mikey. You, you get, <laughs> you get no nothing. You get no a miles. private plane is what you, you get. You get a private plane, yeah. No, I'm sorry, Rand. It was five grand both ways. So That sounds total. a little oh, more total. like it. Sorry, okay. ten total, yeah. But I was like, I was like, you know what, honey? She's like, no, never again. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't no. you dare. You're fine. You get down there with that 30-gallon hand pump cream and the dogs. <laughs> And the cash and the delays, and you get in there. I got to tell you, money. Modern technology has made travel not terrible for me. I don't mind airports. I don't mind flight delays. I don't mind. I mean, if reasonable ones. Up. Yes, with a new album, a book. Yeah, I'll tell or you, just loaded up. To me, the key to <laughs> airport <laughs> travel, anytime, any day, is to be there early. Yes. Just get there early. Yeah. Take your book and, like you said, your paper and your coffee. Get there early. Doesn't that remove the convenience of having it not take very long when you have to get there seven hours before your flight? I don't know, Mike. I just think the earlier the better, man. You know? I yeah, always, I, yeah. I'm an hour before. And I'm always I do a, too. That's pushing it. There's also... Yeah. I'm a big fan of the first flight. Yes. Oh, yeah. First thing in the morning. Out first early, flight out. If you're going to survive. Anytime, like it happened to me yesterday. Anytime I think, I'm going to have a nice relaxing travel day, I'll get the 11 a.m. No. That's never on time, and it's always delayed. One wow. thing gets screwed up in the morning, Bill. Yeah. One light ain't yeah. where it's supposed to be yeah, on that plane. Done. done. The rest of the day's flights are screwed. But even the pilots will say, they'll tell you, the first flight out is your best chance of not being delayed. Right. Yeah, nothing's bunged up yet. That's your best chance. They won't say it won't be delayed. No, but it is your best <laughs> shot. More than ever. Well, if you uh, are one of those people who has finally given up on social media because you think, I can't change anybody's mind, and I this is all, it's one big argument now, so what's the point? A new uh, uh, Pew Research Center poll says, Mm-mm, you're wrong. Keep on ranting. Yes, that's right. 14% of Americans say they've changed a political or social view in the past year because of a post they saw on social media. That's one in seven people. Unfortunately, most of those have come from the Russians, but they still work. Yeah, I, I think it's all nonsense. I think that post you just read came from the Russians. Younger people are more likely. <laughs> you might be right. Younger people are more likely to change, too. 23% of people under 30 have changed an opinion because of social media. I I don't know. I, I've... Uh, so I definitely have been swayed one way or another on factual stuff. Also on well, on like uh, like bands, I've been like, ah, I don't like them. And then someone will post stuff. I'll be like, oh, actually, I should give them another chance. Thirteen uh, percent of people between thirty and sixty five, and only six percent of people over sixty five do. Don't argue with old people is the is the lesson here. <laughs> no point. I don't. I I think it's all nonsense. I think it's a it's it's. It's the worst people in high school is what I think it is. <laughs> Those are the the most vocal on there for sure. Yeah, the worst. And uh, the newest trend, Bill, the tip the bill challenge. Have you heard about this? No, it's not. Uh, it's uh, a new trend where people are tipping their servers 100% of the bill. So, I've done that before. So if your bill is 25 bucks, you put 25 on the tip. I've done that. And uh, then you post the receipt online. I don't do that. I don't know why. 
Uh, and hashtag tip the bill, tip the bill deed, challenge. Now, this goes back to not knowing how to act. If you do a good deed and you're the one that has to tell people you did a good deed, that deed don't count. You did it for the wrong reason. That's right. right. You're, uh, you're, you're backlogged on the good deeds. You haven't yeah. done a good deed Someone in a while. Someone else says, hey, what you did, that's okay. You say it? <laughs> no. You ain't acting right. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I was like nine years old, and mm-hmm. it, I just started serving mass, and we showed up to mass, and one of the altar boys didn't show up, so I, like, I ran back, and I did the, you know. Suited up? Yeah, I did the co-pilot. I wasn't expecting the pitch tonight. <laughs> I <Yeah>. took acid. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, a Doc Ellis reference. Love it. Lit the wrong candles. Oh, oh God. So good. Sorry, Fodder. I'm tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> Going around with the collection plate. This is the ain't that, that it ain't that time. This is the peace be with you moment. Just throwing wafers and getting people from four feet out. Perfect strikes. But afterwards, I like we're driving home, and I said to my mom because my mom didn't even mention it, you know. And I'm like, hey, you see the way I just bounded up there, you know, and just went and did the God thing, you know. And so I was like. Uh, well, uh, you know, look, I'm like, hey, I did my good deed for the day or something like that. And she lit into me. She was What'd like, she was like, the second you mention it, it stops being a good thing. Right. That's, see, see. The That's second you met, she yeah. goes, you just took away from what you did. I'm like, how? <laughs> She's like, cuz now you're being like, you're gloating over it. She's right. And I didn't understand because I was a kid. And then I was like, oh, all right. And every single time that you that I've ever had a compulsion to go, yeah. how about a little credit for the... I just hear my mom yelling at me in the front of a Vista Cruiser. And that is why you're a decent person. I'm not. You know how to act because your mom said, sit on. Yeah, she's Keep like, your mom shut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, got yeah. Well, yeah, she would have been like, "Good for you." <laughs> Imagine how much more of a monster I'd be today. I don't see it. <laughs> no, but no, I do. It's so weird how that is ingrained to me. Every me si- I think about that me all too. the time. Me too. I think about my mom yelling at me. I was like, "Oh, that felt so awful." Because my brothers were in the car and they're like, "Ha ha, yeah, jerk off," you know. <laughs> <laughs> like the doubling down Guys on were like it. the uh, Doyles. Yeah. Oh, dude, my yeah. two older brothers were Bill Murray's Down kids in Rushmore. So you did a nice thing, and it ended up they oh, got, no, it made they me got feel... freedom to rip you to shreds. No, but it was good. It was. They were right. They were right. You I, learned. Yeah, I learned. I mean, yeah, my brothers went overboard like they always did. Somebody should have given you an attaboy for that. That was my point as a nine-year-old well, kid or whatever. I was like, how come nobody said like, hey, like, uh, hey, well, way you to go. Were also Priest give you a little high five. Hey, thanks, Bob. Well, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I blacked it out. Let's <laughs> like start using you a little lesson. more. Yeah. You learned a better lesson, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, don't hurt yourself, you know. Your mom was right. Your mom's right. I know. All right. Don't hurt yourself. But see, there is a flip side to that coin because <laughs> I was raised with a with a uh, a dad that said, you know, it's it's nice to get a nice little attaboy sometimes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that's caused me a lot of uh, nights on the couch. Well, I was just going to tell you, Bill, I'm, I've done the same thing in marriage. And let me tell you something. You look for an attaboy, you're done. For it. <laughs> Done. done. You're done. Doesn't you're matter done. how many done. little Dude. blue bags you got to take out there on recycling day. Anytime Bill has ever come in here in the morning and said something like, I didn't get any credit for doing this thing, Val goes 
nuts. Yeah. You don't She's like, that. oh, you want a parade? Because you took the garbage out, huh? <laughs> oh, let's give you a parade. Actually, I would like a parade. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't sound like a bad nothing. thing for me. Nothing. <laughs> I come in the house. Sometimes I don't even come to the door. How awesome would that be, though, if you did get a parade? I go, I'm home! (laughs) (laughs) Been gone for like a week. You take the garbage out and there's a drum major. (laughs) (laughs) A Rick Seaback-led parade would be nice. I would would, just saying. Everyone waving at me off the float. Thank just you. Float. Can I have a float when just I get home? Float. I did some work. Great just an out of float. You know. Hey, Way to go. <laughs> That's a grand old bag in a real garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He did it again. It was garbage week again, oh. and he did it. Oh my God. You the clown car. It's so good. Oh, did you shut the light off and lock the door? It's so amazing. For he's the delicate fan. That's what I want. Every yeah. time I come upstairs at night, when I, when I set that alarm on that house, I went, For he's a jolly fan. I'm going to have that installed in my alarm and just drive her up a wall. See, now I want the last scene from It's a Wonderful Life. I want the whole neighborhood to come in and tell me how much they love me. Kids? And you were there? Oh, so we got good. a telegram. Hee-haw, you locked the door. <laughs> All right, we, we got to go. Hey, Billy. Right. What? Love you. Love you guys. Love Have you, a Bill. great Love week. Enjoy that ride. Hit Stay that classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.